When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we having fun yet? (laughs) (laughs) Right? From those commercials? Beer commercials. Right? Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I've... I feel like you penetrate me, body and soul. And I'm Av Sinensky, and I would never do anything to sabotage this podcast, unless it was as a goof. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast uh, for most of the last three months and for um, the next couple of months, starting late February of this coming year, a Party Down podcast. But we are here today to discuss the film The Ten which was originally released on August 3rd, 2007. The 10 was co-written by, produced by, and starring Ken Marino, uh, the star of Party Down and friend of Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good. And, um, you know, a member of the state, the, the whole state crew is here. Uh, it's directed, of course, by David Wayne, and, and, um, and uh, who was like the main guy behind the scenes on the state. And, and, and all of them appear on screen at some point. Um, yeah, so I, in, the, in 2009, I ranked this movie as one of the, what was it, one of the six best comedies or whatever it was of the decade in my opinion uh, i love this movie my roommate at the time did as well and i hadn't seen it in a little while but i saw it uh two and a half times in the last uh couple weeks and i'm really pumped it's uh-huh. uh i enjoyed myself immensely all two and a half times very cool very cool well i'm happy that i got to reacquaint you mm. with this old favorite of yours um, what, what, what was your that sort I could of do that for you, you know, we'll get into more detail and we'll get into ratings and stuff but what was sort of your like you know one sentence takeaway of this movie um, my one sentence takeaway, I would say it was very weird mm-hmm. and very funny at times and very weird at times. Mm. And overall, I enjoyed myself. Okay. All right. Now, right off the top, um, you know, I've always been familiar, familiar with the concept that, like, the Jews have our count of the Ten Commandments and the Christians have their right. count. What I didn't actually realize until I did a deep dive on Wikipedia is there's actually – Eight different uh, "quote unquote" official counts. Catholics have won, and Anglicans have won. Everybody's got their own count. Um, the ten has its completely own total count, which makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Well, or you know, it, it makes no more or less sense than any others. One might say. Sure. Now, I will note that at the end, did you watch all the way through the credits when they played the hip hop song? I don't remember. Uh, so, so during the credits, there's a hip hop song which is uh, special to this movie, like, like they wrote it for the movie. And in, uh-huh. the, in the chorus, they say, the 10 is a wonderful number. Was that their actual order? Because, no, of course it was not. <laughs> so, yeah, why right. they chose this order, who knows? Um, so, so wait, so how much could you tell, can, you can get into later, but how, how much do you now know about the different orders of the Ten Commandments? Well, I mean, I, I knew I knew before, like I've known just from whenever I learned it the first time, I knew like the Jewish order, the Christian order. I didn't realize there were so many right. derivations within Christianity. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, so that's just the main distinction. There's even just further dis- distinctions within Christian sense. Well, I mean, that was the main distinction from my, you know, Jewish perspective. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. Catholics so, I mean, obviously those are, I mean, right. So obviously those are all wrong. Um, yeah, well, and then there's the Ten Commandments as written in the Old Testament. So, like, yeah. I don't know what there is really to this. Well, no, they're all taking the same text. They're just, you know, they, they, there's not numbers one through ten in in the uh, in the old in the Old Testament. There's the ones that I was taught are mm-hmm. correct. And and why are we calling it the Old Testament? It's the only testament. It's the testament. Yeah. <laughs> the testament, um, and there's like the follow-up right, but testament. Yeah, so before we get to the ten, the movie, let's talk about the Ten Commandments, the commandments. Um, okay. So first, uh, yeah. So okay. So it starts. That's an with, interesting order. Most people would have gone with the the movie first, but sure. Let's do okay, the Ten Commandments. So it, start, it starts with. So I'm the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. That's not a commandment. That's just a statement of fact. Or right. Fact. It's kind of like an introduction. It's an yeah. introduction. Yeah. But and so that's why nobody else really counts it. I believe Jews, even within Ju- I think even within Judaism, there's different. Yes, there's counts. different. Yes, there are different counts. I'm talking about sort of like the mainstream of. Yes, there are different before different um, sources. That right. Separate, yes. But the main. Right. But that's just count, but that's just well, that's just like more politics than anything in some way. Sure, but like the count you're going to find, you know, when you open up your standard, uh, you know, Torah or the count that you're going to find like embroidered on like the uh, you know on the, or carved into the wall of the of the ark at your synagogue that's number 1 which isn't even really a commandment it's just a, now i guess the commandment is to believe that to be true but um right i i suppose yeah i mean yeah, the, the co- commentaries the debate this specific commandment yeah. at length yeah so, so then yeah, I don't, so I, then i, I the don't think neither of us are in a position to do that discussion sure, yeah. any justice but then, but this word okay so the traditional jewish count is then uh, you should have no other gods before me and you shall not make any graven images the traditional Jewish count, and again, there's difference of opinion, but the mainstream Jewish count, that's that's number two together. And right. those are where most yeah. other you know Christian sources divided into one and two. Although a lot of them have that as one, and then they divide it, the coveting. The coveting gets divided also. So the last yeah. one in Judaism is don't cover your neighbor's house, don't cover your neighbor's wife, don't cover covet your neighbor's slaves, because you know, slavery is cool for some reason, uh, animals or any, you know, or anything else. So that those are like three different. So those are all one big commandment. That's the tenth one for the Jews. Um, right. And the reason is we basically divide the first five are we call them between man and God. The last five are between man and another man. Um, right. The, the the Christians and then this movie has them as two of the ten. So number five in this movie is don't cover right. your neighbor's it belongings. Them up. Right. Yeah. And then number six Separate is don't cover your neighbor's wife. And then house isn't isn't so yeah. So there's a few commandments that aren't in this one at all, which is don't cover your neighbor's house and also don't make any grave. It would be it would be it would be very uh, and then and then also adultery is a separate commandment. Yeah, we have adultery. Yeah, so that's that, number nine. No, I understand. No, but for there to be a specific don't covet your neighbor's wife is one commandment. Then a separate yeah. commandment is it also don't sleep with her. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't even like her. I, I don't like her at all. I'm just sleeping with her. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's start. Okay, so Those are two how separate would, commandments. How many pretties would you give the Ten Commandments of? Um, the, the Ten Commandments. That's interesting. Um, so let's think them through. Um. You know, the back half has a lot of good stuff. Like, don't kill, don't steal. I mean, so these are very good things. Between man and man guy than a between man and God guy. Well, I'm just thinking out loud. Like, yeah, I think okay. those are like good. You really you want those in there. Those are, sure. I think, are a must. Like, those are like very fundamental stuff. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, property rights, can't kill someone. These are basic things that you need, a society needs to. Sure, fight. but there's some pretty like fucking crucial things that aren't in here at all. Nothing about slavery, except where we say don't cover someone else's slaves. Slavery's cool. Right, right. Don't slow, don't cover their yeah. slaves. Uh, having slaves, totally. You just uh, shouldn't not, be jealous of them that they have slaves. Yeah. Nothing about charity. You should work hard. You should be very yeah. capitalistic. Yes. It's like, don't cover it. Like, go make you got your own slaves. hundred percent. Yeah, nothing about charity. Nothing about giving to others. You know, nothing yeah, I about- mean, don't, don't, don't cover it is a good rule. 
Sure, but is that it's a, what about, it's a good quality? Like it's an aspiration. Don't don't be a racist. Don't be a sexist. Don't you know? Don't don't hate other people based on nothingness. Well, I mean, how was God to know that people were gonna make up crazy shit based on ridiculous distinctions? Oh, so God is limited. You're saying interesting, interesting take there. Oh yeah, well, I, I suppose my con- yeah. conception of God is probably more limited than yours. Um, <laughs> mine, you well, know, mine. I'm just talking about you, the Ten Commandments here. Uh, well, you know, the um, there's, I think, a lot of debate over the, the wording of the second commandment about thou shall not worship other gods mm-hmm. because it implies there are other gods. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, which is, um, you know, mm-hmm. not a traditional monotheism, Judaism's uh, thought on the Bible. Um, yeah. So, so you know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rank the Ten Commandments pretty low. I'm going to say the Ten Commandments are, <laughs> are pretty, pretty good. They're one and a half pretties. They could do a lot. Like, if someone asked me to come up with the Ten Commandments of Society of the World, <laughs> this is not my list. <laughs> How many episodes in are we that has led us to the point that Alex DeCaster has declared that the Ten Commandments are one and a half for you? Zach Brooks asked to do it. Yeah. Right, so you're not going to rank, you're not going to give us any ranking of the Ten Commandments? Um, so, yeah, I, uh, so I, yeah, I'd say like the two, the two must, the rest of it is a lot of. Not, it doesn't need to be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, don't like, don't make false promises. Is good, you know, a good thought. Is a good, you know, thing. Um, I say, are you, are you talking about good. don't use the Lord's name in vain? I don't yeah, think. Yeah, but I feel like those... it's not about not. Pro- Remember, that's in the first half. That's that's just saying don't say God. Don't say the word God. Don't say God damn it. Don't say Jesus Christ if that's your God. Like it's got nothing to no, do with, I th- with lying to others. Think, that, that's in the that's I, in the back half. I think that I think are you talking about bear false literal. witness. Oh, that, so that's, that fine. So fine. That so that's yeah, more. Lie, yeah, that's not lying. Yeah, but I think lie. even though don't take God's name in vain is also more of a just like don't make. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Whatever. Um, that's a mo- modern gloss, perhaps. Yeah. All right. So yeah. give me a number here. Number of priests. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the, the Ten Commandments are pretty, pretty, pretty good. Three pretties. Okay. Because right. I think you know there's you know half good fundamental core human Five. values, and the rest is a lot of very uh, weird God centric stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's get to Zach's actual actual question. What's the what's the come with commandment? Come with commandments. What's the best um, one? <laughs> the, best, the come with commandment is don't kill. Don't kill. Oh. Okay. Um. To to me, like. I was. I would say that it's got to be. We all just didn't kill. No, to me, to me, it's number four. Too much. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Like I I honestly, like I'm being sincere. I love Shabbat. My entire week revolves around it. My mental health, my family time, my time with friends and neighbors. Like the rest of the week, I'm on devices with my friends in those circles, which is great. But like, you know, I just like unplugging, focusing on other things. I read actual books rather than screens. Like I I just, yeah, I, I really, I really love Shabbat. So. That's um, a good answer. That's a good answer. That's my that's my comment. Now, what about what's your fucking asshole? What's the worst commandment? Don't covet. I love to covet. No. <laughs> so I was going to say when I was a kid, it was probably uh, honor your parents. Uh, specifically, my complaint is, as I said before, like the traditional Jewish way we divide it is the first five are between man and God. The second five are between man and man, which raises the obvious question. Well, number five is honor your parents. How's that between man and God? And the explanation is because you have to treat your parents like God. And yeah, I was not a fan of my parents reminding me of that constantly as a kid. So, but but I would the first the first commandment definitely is a fucking asshole. It's not even a commandment; it's just a statement of facts, fact in quotation marks. I'll say uh, I'll say don't take the Lord's name in vain. Uh, swearing is fun, goddammit. So yeah, I like that one. <laughs> Fuck you, God. 
I mean, I just said, God damn it. But all right, you, uh, you, What's uh, the difference? from small talk to medium talk. I don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. It's the same yeah. thing. I always think that's so funny when no, like, I'm telling God to for curse words. I'm asking yeah, God whatever. go dab something. You just said yeah, go yeah. dab yourself. You're assuming he's inter- he's interpreting it that way. No, I don't know. Yeah. He? I'm not, I'm not he, genderizing God. He, he she, they, yeah. whatever God mm-hmm. chooses. All right. So why don't we jump from, Why don't we jump in? Sure, sure. Yeah, so I think you originally told me we were going to do this as like a top 10 stories, but now you're saying we're just going to do it in order. Yeah, so I don't know. I just my notes are in chronological order in in the order of the movie. So we just go through that order because I also want to talk about that that order. It's It's a weird order. So as I said, at the end of the movie, they even make light of it. So they start with number one, the traditional Christian number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Um, that's fine. Then they go number two, the uh, the uh, for many people the number two is they, they skip over don't make any graven images, which some have as number two. All right, so number, wh- so why don't we do it as we go? Okay, all right, okay. So like as we talk, like as we talk about each one, we can talk about how it lines up with okay, the sure. commandments. All right, number. okay. So the first the, uh, so or the commandment that it applies to. All right, so story number yeah. one, or even before story number one, the first person we, we hear and then see on screen is Paul Rudd, who, of course, was involved with Party Down from the very beginning, as we know, uh, was one of the three uh, guys who created the show, was going to uh, star in it originally. So we got some nice uh, some nice um, Party Down connection right there. And he gives us the little intro here. And then the story number one is thou shalt have no other gods before right. me. And this whole Paul Rudd thing will eventually become story number nine. Yes, yes, it will. Yes, we will. It will. We'll have it as a. It, it's sort of like a host at a, at a stand-up comedy show. It comes back in, b- between each episode, <laughs> right. between each story, and then yes, it becomes a story itself. It's very bizarre. It's like he's in the quantum realm, basically. Yeah. So story number one, I call it uh, Stephen Montgomery God. Uh, the 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 very first person we see after after um the you know Paul Rudd, of course, is Adam Brody. Who is Star Fleischman is in trouble, which which to me is a party down connection because the only shows I watch on Hulu are Party Down and now Fleischman is in trouble. Mm-hmm. So and the only reason I started watching Fleischman is in trouble is because every time I logged in to watch Party Down, it was it was advertising to me to watch it. So mm. uh, you did so, you you didn't watch uh, Only Murders in the Building. I tried a little bit of that and it was and and I like you know both Steve, both Steve Martin and Martin Short a lot really, but it was not for me. That is so surprising. I can't imagine you loving Stephen Martin, Martin Short, and not being for you. I mean, that's like wild, because like I love it because I love both of them, and like it's like it's just so yeah. That's funny. Yeah, and there's and there's like a podcast anyway. in it, obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, right, yes, yeah. This it seems this you you seem like the one hundred percent demographic for this show. You're a yeah, podcaster who's extremely into Steve Martin and, and Martin yeah. Short. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm just yeah, I tried it, I was surprised. I powered through I think the whole first season and yeah. Anyway, well, I'll say one thing enough. right off the bat. So how many how many watches did you give this movie off? Just one? Uh no, I did two. I did two. Okay, I watched so, it once to just watch it and then I did it like, you know, over I, I then I watched it like in chunks and like took notes on it. So one of the things I love about this movie is there's so many throwaway references and gags throughout the movie which you only pick up you can't pick up on the first watch but not just the right. second watch 10th 20th the 400th viewing there was things i noticed tonight or today or yesterday in my most recent watch which was my second and a half watch of the week that i hadn't noticed before um like i'll give you an example um steven says to his fiance uh, steven montgomery he says 
um, wearing this, wearing only this. Uh, when he says, "Draw me like one of your French girls," you know, when he's when he's uh, recording the Titanic. Right, right. Oh, yeah. So right. instead, instead of saying, I'm the king of the world, he says the, yeah, the he line says, about wearing the painting. We're, yeah, wearing <laughs> this, wearing only this. And as he says wearing only this, he signals with his hands and makes a box around the head and the top of his torso, the only parts of his body which momentarily will be viewable visible for the duration of the movie. And it's just like, I never <laughs> noticed it before. I've seen this movie a million times. So, right. yeah. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so, so he's, he's on top of an airplane, or he's in an airplane in the sky. He's about to do his first solo jump right before he's going to get married. Uh, the third person we see on, on screen is John Hamm, who is playing the instructor, who has one job, uh, which is make sure that the guy has the, has the, um, the parachute before he jumps out. I feel uh, like uh, I could be. I've never done this before. I feel mm-hmm. like you like you put it on before you go up. So I've so never like done a this... solo jump. So, yes, but I agree. Right. With you. When I did it, I feel like this. Like, I feel like this couldn't happen. Yes. Forget about being strapped to a parachute i was strapped to another person in fact what i told you i didn't actually parachute i was connected to a guy who parachuted (laughs) right right you were basically on a ride yes uh (laughs) i had had nothing to do Uh, i mean it was fun yeah you basically you basically went on you basically went on a really cool roller coaster yeah you didn't do anything you just like yeah so he jumps jumps, out right no parachute he gets embedded in the ground but somehow is alive but cannot be moved but but we but we but we missed the most important part that john ham doesn't goof Oh, yes. As I mentioned last yes, week, the, f- the only thing basically that I came into this movie knowing is this line as a goof. Oh, um, you knew it independent of the movie, but you knew it was from the movie? Yes. But I didn't oh, know what it, cool. but I, but I had, but I had no idea of the context. So oh, okay. I came into this movie expecting to see that line. And when John Hamm says that, I was like, Wait, was that it? That's it. But like, yeah. no, but like, he, but like, no, that's not what he said. It's like, okay, I was, I'm like, all right, this is probably still to come. So like, oh, okay, yes. But, so, uh, yes. but I was like, but this, but like, I know I was like very much noticed that because like that was like the only thing I was like on the lookout for in this movie. Yeah, I mean, the first hundred times I saw this movie, I didn't notice John Hamm at all because John Hamm was a nobody at the time, <laughs> right? Which is why right. he's just an extra in this movie. Um, all right, so the fourth person we see, as I said, Winona Ryder, who is the fiance. Also, fun fact, she ranks 1,283 spots ahead of me on my ranking of famous Jews from Minnesota. So <laughs> how many spots? Are... Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> um, what number spot are you? And she's, uh, I don't know, whatever she is, minus one, plus 1,283. So <laughs> you're number 1,283. No, no, uh, no. Winona Ryder's not number one. Winona Ryder's probably what, like number 40 or something? I don't know. And, and what number are you? I just made up a number right now. I don't what I said. What does it? Oh, so this is not so, a this is not a real chart. You you thought I actually had a ranking of thirteen hundred Jews from Minnesota? I I, I mean, don't know. Impossible. It's not impossible. <laughs> I don't know what you have. What yeah. you do? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. But you're the one who introduced this into the conversation. I was. I, I thought it was an obvious job joke. If I didn't dig in. Yeah. Okay. Have don't joke about a, charts. Have I become such a character? Okay. Anyway, um, and then the fifth person we see on screen is, of course, our beloved Ken Marino, who is a doctor who is examining him. And in fact, right. tells us that um, he cannot be removed from the ground, but in the ground, he'll be fine. <laughs> it seems like a, a, a realistic outcome yeah. here. And so uh, <laughs> tell me uh, what ensues from here on out. Um, so what ensues is that due to a uh, random string of events where he says the right set of words on the right television interview, he becomes somewhat of a... Uh, Viral internet sensation that lands him a career Hollywood. He's on the cover of magazines because that's how you got right, viral right. in two thousand seven. Right, yeah. fair. 
Um, and um, the best part of this to me is his superstar agent, Ron Silver, who I love. Yeah, he's great. Um, he does a great job. Most, yeah, I love him most notably from uh, the West Wing as Bruno Gianello, mm-hmm. uh, one of my favorite West Wing characters. Yeah. Um, he's uh, Ron Silver is awesome, um, and he's so good here. Um, and basically, he has like the typical uh, rise and fall of a you know Hollywood flash in the pan story, where he's on top of the world. He's, he becomes prideful and arrogant. He refers to himself as a god, and then he falls apart and loses everything. Yeah, but the problem is that when other people treat him as their god and violate the uh, first of the Ten Commandments, there we have right. a mass casualty event. Yes. The, the first um, of many times that you'll have a, a, a mass mass, uh, mass death of children in this, in this comedy movie, <laughs> which is a little yeah. weird. Yeah, so um, where does... Um, how how are we having fun yet? How does that compare to no, not really? Oh, are we having fun yet? Is much better. But <laughs> it's definitely more memorable. No, not really is so stupid. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not really. It's not really a slogan by which one can live their life. Um, I like when they're like, "Oh, so like, can you have sex?" He's like, "Oh, I don't know." He's like, "No, for ob- for the obvious reasons, yeah. <laughs> like, because of the you know the hall I'm in the ground." Yeah, thing. and then he says, "But you had se- Rod Silver says, but you had sex with her." And he says, "I thought I was figuring her." I'm very confused. <laughs> like, how was he doing anything else? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's very unclear. And then, and then he says, "But she was your niece. I thought she was once removed." <laughs> <laughs> Well, Marcus has accidentally had sex with their niece once removed, thinking that they were fingering their niece. Um, I mean, me among us, uh, and hopefully as well. I, I, I too would count myself. I don't even have any nieces. Whatever the whatever the good version is. Yeah, didn't follow everything you said there. You do you have any nieces? You have nieces, right? I have nieces. I am nieceless. I have, I have, I have, I have. Yes, three nieces. Yeah, but you're also a provider of nieces to your siblings. Big provider of yes. I neither. I neither provide. No, you're a big. Uh... Nor am provided by others. Only uh, yeah. You know, only only boys on uh, both sides of our family in our in the generation uh, below. That's us, so. crazy. Anyway, it's so funny how that happens. So funny. yeah, I mean, it's ah, not, it's st- not... statistics, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're providing the majority on both sides. So there's a, there's. There's, there's a total right. of uh, each side has two many fine us, so. <laughs> many fine boy cousins on both sides. Yeah, yes, many fine. Yes, two two uh, two on each side. Anyway, um, all right. So, uh, so how how would you rate our opening story here? Okay, so I I had no idea that this is how we were doing this. I'm supposed to, you uh, you gave a, a you ranked each story on a pretty good scale. I thought we were gonna do ten episodes of uh, pretty 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 good on this movie, but uh, we're combining it to what? <laughs> Um, so I, I was, I was prepared to do a score for the movie. Um, that's fine. You can do I, that. I, All right. And so. I did a, and I did a ranking of the, I did a ranking of the stories. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, so I guess we could, I guess stories? we could, I guess we could translate that into a roughly into a pretty sure. good scale. Yeah, well, where does this rank out of the top? Um, this one was right in the middle. Uh, I have this as my number five. Um, so I guess, you know, we'll say that's uh, pretty, pretty, pretty yeah. good. All right. So, the, so yeah, this is uh, the fifth commandment for you. Yeah. And I, and I give it a three and a half. I say pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, I come with Guy, and I think yours as well. You already said this is Ron Silver's Fielding Barnes, the hardest working agent in showbiz. You agree with that or you want to nominate anybody else? Um, yeah, I'll give it to Ron Silver. Yeah, he was okay. he was my favorite part of this story. 
All right. And then to me, the fucking asshole, as I said before, John Hamm is Charles. He had one job and he <laughs> fucked it up. Don't let the guy jump um, on the airplane without his uh, parachute. Yeah, I'm going to say the fucking asshole are um, Winona Ryder's like friends and family <laughs> who didn't tell her that it's OK if she like doesn't want to marry the guy who's stuck in the ground. Well, she has no friends and family in this movie. <laughs> oh, does she not? Burnt- I don't know. We never meet any. Yeah, there has to be somebody in her life who's like, it's okay. Like, he's that's not a life for you to be take care of the person who's literally stuck in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, she does leave him like, eventually. You, for the- right. Right. So she, she should have left him sooner. With Lafonda. Yeah. Listen, here's the, thing. In the ground. If your fiance gets stuck, in, if your fiance gets stuck in the ground, you can't break up with him immediately. You got to stick around for a little while. So she sticks around <laughs> for a little while. And then when she's like, you, you could just disappear. He can't come find you. He's in the ground. <laughs> You're terrible. God, <laughs> don't tell your wife. She gets stuck in the ground. You're ghosting her immediately. <laughs> she gets stuck in the ground. All bets are off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let we come back to the uh, interstitial. Can't be married to someone it. who's stuck in the ground. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You have to build the house. Has to be around the ground. They didn't even have a house. They just had a tent. All right. Let's talk about this for a second. So one of the things I've always wondered every time I watch this movie is where is it taking place geographically? Because okay. For him just to sort of live with a tent over his head, it's got to be a pretty, like, warm place, pretty temperate without any, like, kind of bad weather. But yet we'll see later. Everything presumably takes place in the same city because everybody keeps running into each other. We'll see later that the leaves have changed and are falling, so it's got to be a place with, you know, with a, with a fall. And then we'll also see um, um, the uh, the fiancé here later on. We will see her driving on the Upper West Side of uh, Manhattan on the West Side Highway, Winona Ryder. Yeah, 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 right, right. Yeah, there's so even on even on through second time, like I could tell there's like still like little things that I wasn't like connecting everyone, like who was who exactly. Mm. Ah, okay. All right, so let's go to the inter- first inter- the interstitial between stories number one and two. We meet Paul Rudd's wife Gretchen, played by Fabka Jansen, and we see that there's a little bit of trouble in paradise. Yeah, well, I don't even remember what was like the initial friction. That she just comes home and she they just fight about everything. They're fighting about the groceries and they fight about, you know, they're just their marriage is not meant to last. The fact that he happens to be cheating on her on the side is is, is nothing. Although he uh, just sort of sarcastically give a, a very detailed example. What is it like? I met somebody and I and like he is a, a very detailed uh, example of actually what he's exactly doing. Um, but anyway, so then we go to, to story number two, poop, as uh, as he calls it, which is thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. And uh, this is where Gloria is going to. Uh, okay, wait, but now we have Zeus. to. Now we have to. Now we have to. Right, and now we have to. We also have to now match it up to the commandments. So now oh. they're saying this is the second commandment. Yeah, no. So this is the second commandment according to like the Catholic uh, order and the Anglican order. So that's fine. Okay. So so far they're fine. They skipped over the Jewish number one. They skipped over the the second half of number two, which is thou shalt not make the any graven images. But other than that, so then, far the order. But fine. now they're but now After they're but now they're, they're back on track. track. Now they're back on track. Yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, one and two are one and two are fine. So we uh yeah so we we meet we meet Gloria a a small town librarian who's studying Spanish and um and we meet her 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 colleague Oliver Oliver who has a crush on her now Oliver tells Gloria that she sound quote sounds like my nanny when she speaks Spanish now at this point <laughs> in the movie Oliver is single and presumably childless because we'll meet his family many times later he has only the two kids with Gloria. So when he says my, my nanny, is he does he have a nanny as like an adult man or? Well, maybe nanny means grandma. Oh, nana. So he has a Spanish na- nanny. He's a Spanish grandmother who he calls my nanny. That's very confusing. Yeah, I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and then of course we meet Jason Sudeikis, uh, who we'll meet later as well. Who, for some random reason, likes to stand on his knees and also stand at strange distances. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's 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 off to Mexico for for summer vacation for our thirty five year old virgin Gloria, played by Gretchen Mull. Yeah, that was a probably one of my top two moments of the story was the when Jason Sudeikis is on the floor and he's yeah. like, "Oh, is this better?" He's like, "Yes, that's much better." <laughs> and what I love about yes, this movie's just filled with like those kinds of things, and, and I, I enjoyed them all. <laughs> yes, it, it does have good little. Yeah. Uh, just, when we when we get to uh, when we get to Mexico. The one-legged rickshaw guy, his second leg <laughs> is so obviously, plainly, clearly visible in his pants just folded up. <laughs> and the movie doesn't even try to hide it. And I just love that about it because, I mean, there's other examples of this also. Like later on when um, Paul Rudd is being shown a new apartment by a landlord, the landlord flubs the line and says, and then just mm-hmm. repeats it again. Like the movie, I think they were very like almost tongue in cheek. Like, should we fix that? No, that's part of the charm. Like they leave it in on purpose, which I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, this one wasn't wasn't my favorite. Um, oh, really? Oh, wow. I mean, so so yeah. So well, so so Gloria goes to Mexico, and and she meets uh, the people she's staying with there. There's scenes uh, sort of eerily similar to the to the scenes in Kazakhstan at the beginning of the Borat movie, like where they're clearing the goats from the bedroom, etc. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, the uh, the her Mexican host tells her that he wants to fuck her tits. <laughs> that that was very good. Where yeah. he's like, how how do you say fuck her tits in, yeah. in English? Uh, uh, and then um, I love um that guy's wife, her sort of like her her nodding uh uh wordless smile that she always gives to everything, no matter how absurd it is. Uh, she has no speaking role in the movie, but she's a, she's a big smiler and nodder. And of course, uh, Gloria will meet Jesus, um, who has this absolutely gross and absurd and hilarious mustache. I mean, what, what were your takes on his mustache? <laughs> it's a very good mustache. Um, yeah, it's Justin Thoreau, by the way, who's playing Jesus, Jesus. Yes. So I had a moment because when you in the previous week said that Justin Thoreau is in this movie, I thought you were joking that Justin Trudeau was in this movie. The Canadian prime minister. <laughs> right. And I just mispronounced his name by mistake. I just was like, thought you were joking when oh, you said okay. it. And then. So you watched this whole movie waiting for the. No, I forgot about prime minister No, I. I I didn't give it much thought afterwards. Oh. I thought I thought you were joking. Oh, okay. All and right. then when I was watching this and I was just looking at the cast and I was like, Justin Thoreau. I'm like, oh, Justin Thoreau. Like, that's, that's what, he, what said, he said, not Justin Trudeau. Yes. Yes. I got them confused in my head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Um, So Justin Thoreau, yeah, playing Jesus. He rides a Segway also, Jesus, of course. Although, uh-huh. why do you need to ride a Segway when you can walk on water? The two people we know who ride segways are Jesus and Joe Bluth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so they start this this romance. Um, I like when he first shows up at dinner and he just grabs her ass, even though he's just better, doesn't know her at all. And again, we cut to um to uh, Rosa Zavata, the Mexican housewife, who just smiles and nods happily. Um just so many throwaway lines. Like the guy who needed the money for the mango to buy another mango. Um the the fact that the, he's Anyway, so yeah, so they start this uh, romance all summer, and then she discovers when he accidentally walks on water that that he is Jesus, uh, Jesus Christo, Jesus Christ himself. <laughs> that is the very Jesus that he is. Yes. And he's uh, kind of lazy, though, Jesus, you know, as Jesus tends to be. And so he hasn't gotten around to uh, uh, Armageddon and all that stuff. You know, the second coming. It's a lot of work, he says. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a work in progress. We're all, you know, it's more about systems than goals, I like to say. Yeah, so he is, he's their vice president of marketing. I'm just joking, of course. He's their vice president of accounts receivable. I'm just joking, of course. He's their handyman. And this time, you know, I wasn't joking because uh, it's much more appropriate for this uh, context of a small Mexican village. Yeah, so it's an awakening of her her body, her mind, her soul, but most importantly, her vagina, which is awoken <laughs> after 35 years of silence. <laughs> And but but as all good things must do, uh, uh, it comes to an end. She has to uh, go back to her life and she'll meet him, though, one day, many years later in St. Louis, where he has moved up in the world of prosthetics. She is married to, <laughs> to Oliver, of course. We'll get to know them later. And um, they rekindle. They have a nice little chat, but they never see each other again. It's sort of like um, the um, the Ethan Hawke uh, uh, after midnight movies or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. They meet up. Before, they have before, a nice chat, and then they they leave before again. sunrise and before sunset. Yeah. But then, uh, oh, and then, and then when 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 Oliver is 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 saying grace before dinner and says thank our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, you see a little smile on her lips. But then in bed later that night, as Oliver is giving it to her good or maybe not so good, she starts to moan, "Oh Jesus!" And Oliver immediately takes offense because he knows there's another Jesus here. <laughs> there sure is. Um, the Lord's name seems to have been taken in vain. Yes, indeed. And so thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. That is exactly what she does here. Wonderfully done. Ah, you said you don't like this one so much. I, I, I love this one. Tell me what disappoints yeah. you here. Um, I don't know. I didn't think this one was that funny. Um, and maybe it was just because I wasn't, uh, I didn't love the reading the closed captions. Maybe that's, uh, mm. threw me off. But, um, yeah, this was my least favorite of the 10. Wow. Wow. Shocker. To me, this is pretty, pretty, pretty. Pretty good. Four solid pretties. One of my favorite stories. Um, my comic yeah, gal yeah. is, as I said before, <laughs> it's Victoria Perez playing Rosa Zavata. I just love her uh, her supportive smiles. Um, do you have a come with gal or guy or a fucking asshole for this uh, story? Um, I'm gonna go with Jesus as the come with guy. Mm, okay, that's fair. He's, he's living. Uh, the, he's living the life. Yeah. When there's only one set of footprints, that's when uh, Jesus was carrying you. Um, all right. Uh, and um, uh, do you have a fucking asshole or? Oliver's kind of a dork, right? You know what I'll say? I'll say I'll say the the come with guy is Jesus. The fucking asshole is Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, you're not supposed to take uh, Av. You're uh, taking the Lord's name in vain there. I'll not take no chances. It's fine. Yeah. All right. So we go back to interstitial again, um, and, and here we see that um, Jeff Rygert, uh, Paul Rudd, is working on his peck juice, and Fomke Jansen's very suspicious. There's something that you're not telling me about the peck juice. She says. They say that, like, you know, in a, in a long-term marriage, when somebody all of a sudden starts working on their body a lot, you should be suspicious. And uh, <laughs> Fomke has reason to be suspicious here. My peck juice, guys. Yep. My peck juice. Jeff thinks that we are on his side. Are you on his side? He's very he's very unlikable. <laughs> um, I think he's likable just because I love Paul Rudd. Well, that's the thing. Paul Rudd can get away with so much. I mean, this guy is like an asshole with like a sort of I'm always on, I'm always on. I'm always on Paul Rudd's side. Like I, I yeah, yeah. I look, well, that's what I'm saying. In this movie, he pulls Fomke Jansen, right? Then he pulls um, Diane Weist. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is there does Paul? Right? Rudd, I'm going to go. In between, can you think of any time that Paul Rudd plays a villain? I can't even think of him movie. playing a villain. No. Yeah, you're right. Adam Scott, because you know they're sort of very similar. But Adam Scott plays a villain sometimes and does it wonderfully. The closest I could think of is Parks and Rec. He was more of an obstacle than a villain. I don't even remember that. And even then, he ended up helping in the end. Um, yeah. Well, everybody does not Parks the, and Rec. The, yeah. the, that's the number that's one answer on this Reddit thread. I mean, it, this is 
Um, hmm. Oh, it but, looks like he once the has played a cat. He said there's a movie. <laughs> they did not mention the Ted. There's a movie called Mute that he that he was in, where they're saying he played more of a villain. But it seems like that's about as much as it gets. So yeah, Paul Rudd is just impossible not to like. So yeah, there's basically nothing he could do. He could be like a pedophile serial killer, and he'll be like, I hope oh, he gets away wow. with it. No, I'm kidding. But um, he's very likable. He's very likable. Well, we will have a pedophile and a, and a, and a serial killer later in this movie. So Excellent. we have multiple serial killers. All right. <laughs> well, so, so let's get to story. If number it was three. Paul Rudd, I would be on his side, but it was somebody else. I'm going to be against them. So story number three, thou shalt not murder, yeah. thou uh, shalt. which I call as a goof. <laughs> and I, I also love the silly little thing about how like how we zoom into each commandment and they go from like that word on the commandment to that word of the next right. story. Right. It's something in the world. Yeah. 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 Cool. So here for not, they actually just zoom in on a knot in Ken Marino's shoelaces. As he ties them, he is in the OR. He is operating. The absurd amount of blood everywhere in this scene is just incredible. Um, he, he's doing surgery. We, we will uh, later discover on the wife of the of the kneeling temp that we met earlier, played by Jason Sudeikis. And he, while doing the surgery, decides to leave the scissors in the woman on purpose, which will lead to her untimely demise. And her husband's very upset. And says, I don't understand. How could you do this? And he says, well, I did it as a goof. <laughs> and the husband, very confused, says, you goofed? No, guy, as a goof. And and just, you know, Ken Marino, <laughs> our good friend Ron Donald, is so confused by this guy's confusion. Because everybody knows, more than half the time he's goofing. He asks the nurse who wanders in eating a snack. Um, you know. It's, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, love, it's no, I mean, obviously the, you know, the premise of this story begs the question, like how many times has this happened, happened before? Because I can imagine a, a wide latitude of patients being upset by this doctor's practice of goofs. Yes, exactly. Um, well, other, <laughs> other, pa other patients and their families, you know, have better vibes than this Jason Sudeikis awkward character, Tony. <laughs> True. right yeah that's why he says I'm, um, I'm blowing it i gotta get out of here um i also love by the way um during the surgery when he has to sneeze and he removes his mask to sneeze because you don't want to <laughs> sneeze into the mask that's gross right it's gross listen when i was wearing masks during covid i'll acknowledge i did that jen would yell at me she's like that's the whole point of the mask I'm like i want to sit here with boogers everywhere no i'm sneezing out of the mask yeah so i will tell you so i, I like i said before this was the only so, I mean, thing not, that not, i came into this movie is the way that uh this is the only know. thing i came to this movie knowing about um is this line that i have like a, a handful of friends who have i've just heard reference it over the years a handful of times probably and i know it's from this movie but I had no idea what it was they all seem to like crack up every time uh, like one of them even had it as like their like g chat away message at some point i remember it was like a big oh, nice. who's that who's um that? someone i know it was someone you know, but I don't remember which one. It was like either like Aton or AB or someone, okay, whatever. One but, of those people. Yeah. Okay. Um. um anyway, yes, it's it's amazing. So, we all, okay. So so now we yeah. have Shrive. But it like I I yeah. But no, I'll tell you though. Like it yeah. totally lived up to the hype. Like oh awesome. What, yeah. That that was to me the, the this is the funniest part of the movie is this whole as a goof stick. It's such a good it's such a good joke. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. So <laughs> this doctor is now accused of uh, of murder. He's being interrogated <laughs> by Liev Schreiber, who's playing Officer Ray Johnson. And I just love the back and forth between them. Did you kill? <laughs> I admit it. Like he's just answering questions that aren't being asked. It's just it's it's wonderful. I, I love the whole thing. Um. And then finally he admits he gets he cracks just like Jack Nicholson. And um. And if as a goddamn goof. And uh, Liev Schreiber hits stop on the recorder, and we jump to the court. Now, this court 
what the hell is going on? Dr. Ritchie's on the witness stand. The prosecutor's making an opening statement. Later on, the prosecutor, the victim's husband, the defense attorney, and the defendant, the four of them all sit together at a table. So I don't know what the hell is going on in this whole court. Uh, our judge uh, it, it does not respect the judicial system. And if you try and tell her that, she will not appreciate it. <laughs> she, she, she tries to just sentence them. And she's like, wait, aren't we supposed to do that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but it's, it's, it is a kangaroo court. Very quickly, he is sentenced to jail. And when he gets to jail, he meets his new roommate, Big Buster, who says, you better shut the fuck up and start sucking my dick. Ah, have you have you ever used that line to someone before? <laughs> um, it hasn't come up yet. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean I've used I'll, the line I'll, in, I'll... in direct citation of this movie. So and and it's not usually appreciated because uh... <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I would not like to have that line. Funnily enough, the people who I hung out with the, the small number. Yeah, well, I'm just saying the small number of people who there's concentric circles. The people who enjoy watching the ten with me and the people who enjoy sucking my dick and. Those circles are not concentric at all, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, no. yes. Although now that I think about it, I'm not sure if I've ever shown this movie to Jen. Hmm. Well, then I would certainly hope there's not a lot of uh, overlap. Well, no, because I, I saw this movie before during uh, when Jen and I were on a break, actually, is when I first saw it. Oh, you were on we were a break. Bro- yeah, we were broken up. Like Ross, like Ross and Rachel. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so poor, uh, so poor Dr. Richie. His goofs are not appreciated. Uh, oh, he asks, hopefully, is Big Buster goofing? But Big Buster, unfortunately, is not goofing. Um, Dr. Ritchie is going to be raped. Uh, oh, how do you rate this uh, this story? You said it's your favorite one of all 10? Yeah, this is my favorite one. Um, I will say that it is uh, pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, did I say five? I'm going to give it five. Uh, to me, this is far and away the best stick of the whole thing. Um, I loved it. And like, I love the I fact just, that like, you you had expectations and they were exceeded. Yes, yes. I had expectations for what this thing was in this movie. Uh, it completely nailed it. It was in some ways exceeded. The, just the way it builds and builds. And he's just like still like, I don't understand. <laughs> Does it ever under- I, I said I did it as a goof. <laughs> so like, oh, like that's just like you're off the hook. Uh, do you have a come with guy or gal for this uh, story? Um, yeah, it's got to be Ron Marino. Ken Marino. <laughs> yeah. Look, I um, I know that you sometimes I can. I appreciate a man with a sense of humor. Yeah, I can sometimes be prone to hyperbole. I know. So I, I want to be circumspect and very careful here. Okay. Ken Marino's performance as Dr. Ritchie is one of the top five acting performances by an American actor in our lifetimes. <laughs> <laughs> he is so fucking good it's amazing he should have won i don't understand how he didn't receive like a career achievement award oscar that year just for this role he's so i good. can't believe you didn't say i can't believe you didn't say this last week what when he was on two weeks ago yeah no i told i told him i loved it yeah but you didn't tell him where that he was a top five all-time oh. acting performance okay well i told him the movie yeah whatever anyways i absolutely love it i love him it's phenomenal i think the reason i love him is because of, of this performance so much i just it's beautiful. Yeah, no, it, it really, it's really it's tremendous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the fucking assholes are very easy. We know who the fucking assholes are. The fucking assholes are the jury. Judge Jackson explicitly yeah. said, you're all fucking assholes. Who am I? Yeah. Just her honor. They <laughs> wasted three hours of everyone's time. What do you need a judicial system for? Um, yeah, I mean, I wrote the judge and the jury who collectively don't understand that he did it as a goof. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. As a goof, my guy. Um, now, by the way, so this number three, Thou Shalt Not Kill, is number six or five, depending on your count, 
But this is where we've skipped. We've skipped Sabbath and we've skipped honor your parents. So we are going to come back to those, but we skipped those two. And I wonder, I wonder why they do that. Um, you know, it, we should have asked uh, Ken when we had him on, since he uh, did co-write this movie along with David Wayne. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we go back to the next interstitial. And in the last one, we met the wife. So now, of course, we meet the girlfriend played by Jessica Alba, uh, mm-hmm. who is very young and mature. Uh, but it's also like Jeff Riegert, um, the, the, the character that uh, Paul Rudd's playing here. He like his views, like he's sort of he's like a very old man. Like later on, we'll see he wears a hat when he's out and about. He uses the term women's lib, which is a term that has not been used since the 80s. Like, have you ever heard someone say women's lib recently? <laughs> I mean, probably like, you know, uh, Tucker Carlson or Charlie yeah. Kirk or something. But, something. Yeah. but look, I think it fits because Jeff Frieger, as I said, he's, he's sort of set in the 80s. His views on gender sexuality are from there. Um, but again, I'm just the fact that this guy managed to pull Famke Jansen and Jessica Alba and Diane Weist, it, it, as you said, it just he's so likable no matter what he does. He uh, uh, Paul Rudd, he uh, he wins the ladies. <laughs> um, as Jessica Alba says, when when, when Paul Rudd uses uses the term women's live, Jessica Alba says, you know, I get so hot when you talk politics. So I see why he's in the relationship. She's a she's a she's a predist a What does he call her? A predestinator. I don't know. Shutterbug. Remember when he's defending her in the next interstitial to his wife? He calls her a shutterbug and a bit of a prejudice. I can't even pronounce. Yeah. I hear you. That's the word. Anyway. All right. So story number four is honor thy, thy mother and father, which is where we are going to meet Arnold's black twins. And this is the, the fifth of the commandments that comes right uh, before thou shalt not kill, not after. Um, so we're a little bit out of order here, but not as wild as we're going to be. And... Um, we meet these these two black twins, and um, their father has just died. By the way, Doctor Richie, really a Renaissance man, doctor. He does everything. He also delivered the twins twenty years ago. Yeah, no, he's just he's just a doctor. He, he does all the different doctor. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the doctor exactly. He's the doctor in the village. Yeah. So now, um, so after the father has been buried, they're sitting in the funeral home. We see our friend Jesus in a photo of Jesus in the funeral home on the wall, which I just think is the funniest thing in the world. Uh, throughout this movie, anytime you see Jesus, you will see our Jesus, um, which makes it weird. If everybody knows that's what he looks like, then how come he can like walk around society and no one other than Gloria knows that he's Jesus? Like right, if Jesus, right. if Jesus Christ walked in to sell you um, to sell you a, a prosthetic, and he gave you his business card and it said Jesus Christ, and he looked exactly like the guy in all the paintings, I think you'd have some questions, right? I would have questions. There would be questions. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so yeah, the sons they want to know the truth about their father, and um, their mother tells them that back around the time that they were that they were born, she would meet all the famous stars, all the African American big celebrities of the time, and she would interview them for the local paper, and then she would have the opportunity to fuck them, as she says in like this very like <laughs> uh, strongly worded way. By the way, this episode uh, put the uh, adult uh, warning on this episode off. Other work uh, curb podcast, so hopefully we already have it. Um, and then um, I just I, I just love like the 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 letter finish, like when the when she's like, "Do you need me to spell it out for you?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yeah." And then she starts spelling it, and then the one brother interrupts, and I was like, "Let her finish." Um, yeah, but, but apparently, she fucked Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh huh. And he's their dad, and they ask why we black. I know, I know. She says it doesn't make any sense, but that's just the way it is. And then she feels bad because <laughs> they want to be their father. But she doesn't actually get in touch with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he's got a lot of go-betweens, a lot of handlers. That's sort of hard. So instead, she right. finds Oliver Platt, 
who's going to play <laughs> uh, Mark Jacobson, a second-rate comedian who is a has an Arnold impersonation. And <laughs> I have to say, I love Oliver Platt in everything, like unreservedly. I love him. Yes, Oliver Platt, another another West Wing great, where uh, plays yeah. Oliver Babbage in that one. I actually love Oliver Phenomenal. Platt so much that I love Dan Lebitard largely because he looks like Oliver Platt. <laughs> I mean, I like, well, I that's like a stupid reason to like somebody. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like everybody who looks like them, and but like these sons just accept their mom's insanity with the Arnold impersonator immediately, and it's amazing. They they get together, they have fun, they play, <laughs> then they lie, they lie, they throw around the football, they jump each other in a pile of leaves. Where Mark Jacobson succinctly describes their entire situation, and I'm dying of laughter as he describes it in great detail. And then the brothers like, "Yep, you basically summed up the whole thing." Using um, <laughs> and, and um, but it turns out that the mother suddenly realizes, "Oh wait a second, it wasn't <laughs> Arnold, it was Arsenio Hall." <laughs> Either who are easily confused. Yeah, but that makes much more sense. Everybody agrees. But right. Mark, sadly, it's weird that it that didn't occur to her until now. After yeah, she's having so black yeah. children all these years that she never it never th- occurred to her that oh maybe it was the black guy that I saw. Yeah. Um, and so she says, "Well, can you do Arsenio?" And he says, "Well, I can do it, Eddie Murphy." And the twins say, "Same difference. Like, who cares? It's one black comedian, another black comedian, and they're all the same to us, uh, you know." And so they're they're one family, and then. They they look to the camera and they say, who are you to judge? Every family's different. And the, the, the brothers describe their family situation sort of similar to the way Jacobson just did in The Leaves. And I think that's very funny. And they say, who are you to judge us? And then for some reason, at the end of the scene, it like turns into a Sunny Delight commercial. Well, what's going on there? Um, That was, yeah, that was confusing. I'll, I'll yeah. say this was another one that just didn't really work at all for me. Uh, mm. This whole sketch. Um. It's just um, and a lot of weird choices. I don't know why they went down these various roads. It's just not like it, none of it was. I, I get that it's like in a, in a way like the whole that a guy would believe that he can believe scissors. It is also not believable. Yeah. But like th- these kids are not idiots. Like why are they going along with any with any of this? Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, heard, I, the, you, the, the reason the only reason why they didn't believe that their father who raised them was their father was because of their skin color. Yeah. So now she's offered them a different white person, and they're like, "What? Why would like you shouldn't believe that?" Yeah. It's just the same problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, you're, you're, this is acknowledged <laughs> and decided to just uh, yes, that's uh, part of the joke. But no, I know it's just I I don't know the whole. Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. Honestly, I, I I don't really do, like coming in blind. Like when I sort of looked at them in the ten stories that I hadn't seen in a while, like I would have said, "Oh yeah, this one is like a one and a half for me." Like I don't really like it so much. I I just I remembered yeah. it's 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 not very memorable. But as I watched it three times in the last couple of weeks for this podcast, <laughs> during the third watch, I was laughing hard throughout the entire sketch story more than almost any other story. Um, so yeah. it's extremely stupid. I'll agree with you about that. Um, yeah. And it's not memorable. So I'm, I'll am say it's pretty, pretty good. I'll give it two pretties only because um, it's stupid and it's not memorable, but I did laugh a lot. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll say pretty pretty good. One and a half. Yeah, okay. Um, the, the, the come with guy to me has to be Mark Jacobson. Second rate comedian, first rate come with guy. He's willing to do whatever. Um, to yeah, um, I'll say that the uh, come with guy is Arsenio Hall. Well, he came, but not with. He's, he's getting the job. What he's getting the job done. Yeah. Uh, the fucking asshole obviously is the mom who cheated on her husband, <laughs> forgot who her son's biological father was, etc. Et <laughs> not great. Oh, I think she knows. She just doesn't want to tell them that it's just like some guy. Why would she be okay telling them it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but not Arsenio Hall? What's the difference? 
No, I don't think it's either one. I think it's some guy. Like it's it's not. Oh, it's not even Arsenio person. Hall. You're saying? Yeah, it's. Oh, so like you some... so you think the whole story about how she had the opportunity to fuck these these celebs is not even true? Yeah, I, I'm I'm going I'm going uh, Candace with her. Wait, well, I go Candace. Everything Candace says is true. Constance, sorry, Constance, Constance, Constance. Yeah. Sorry. So, but why would um... she? Well, that, that makes no sense. Uh, why would somebody admit to adulteries that didn't happen to their children? I think she's just like spinning yarns to avoid telling them some truth that she doesn't want to tell them. So instead, she's like, I cheated on your father with hundreds of men. That's better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it's. I don't think it's true. Also, they they say they say at the end she like, had sex they? with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Arsenio Hall. This this woman. Yeah, that's that. The, I mean, the son said at the end, like, who are you to judge? Every family's different. Our family includes a guy who's is a is a is a comedian who's pretending to doing an impersonation of a comedian who happens to be the same race as another comedian who happens to be our biological father. They say it, so yeah, don't fight the hype. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, so we go back to the interstitial. Um, we had met Jeffrey Gert's wife. Then we met his girlfriend. So now we get to meet his two friends, um, our director and co-writer David Wayne, who's playing Abe the Neb. Oh. Interesting. Oh, yeah, that's you. And then Thomas Lennon, who plays the guy. It's basically the very same guy he played in Party Down at the Orgy. He's just very epic. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, so the two friends are um, sort of the, 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 the good angel and the bad angel on, on Jeff's shoulders. What should he do? And what he's going to do is take us to story number five, which is thy sh- uh, the, the word says they're using the movie is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. Um, again, the, the way it is in the Bible is thou shalt not cover the neighbor's house or the neighbor's wife or his slaves or his animals. So here we just say we good. So I guess um, and this story is going to be Liev loves the cat scan machines. This yeah. story, again, absolutely murders me in every single way. I, I love this <laughs> one. It makes no fucking sense. It is so ups- <laughs> Third part of it is Liev Schreiber in comedies kills me more than anything else. Like his dry humor, <laughs> every moment he's on screen, I'm laughing. Like the guy literally assaults his wife, and I'm still laughing. It's just he's completely perfect. Uh, this is of course the, the police officer Ray Johnson from earlier, and he and his next door neighbor Joe Latrulia are uh, getting a competition about who can buy the most cat scan machines. <laughs> why? It's because people covet. People covet what their neighbor has. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's, um, it's not a bad parable for life. Like a lot of the bullshit that we chase. Why do we chase it? Because our neighbors have. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's funny to have a, a glimpse and, of John Ham because it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, it's yeah. it's it's funny to have a glimpse of John Ham in in this um, this you know section five thou shalt not covet is basically an episode of Mad Men of yes, convincing no, no. people that they need things that they will that they want in order to be happy. Yeah. Um, spoiler alerts: you will still now not there- be happy. Yeah, there's one flaw in this story which bothers me to no end, and that's that the dining room of both of their houses is upstairs. It's so weird. They come in the house and they go up the stairs to the dining room in both houses, mm-hmm. in both of the next door neighbors' houses. Interesting. Have you ever seen? I notice. In a house where like the pul- the common areas are on the second floor, the, the, like the floor you walk in on is the bedrooms, and you have to go to a second floor for the common areas. It's very strange. I mean, sometimes it's like a split level, but this is just like a standard two story colonial. Anyway, very odd. Um, yes, yeah. yeah, so they keep getting more and more uh, cat cat scan machines until they're literally littered everywhere, all over their yard, all over the roof. It's so stupid. Both of them, they've lost their wives, they've lost their families, they've lost everything. They also both beat the shit out of their husbands, their sons, which is not great. And then they finally decide to call a truce. They come over to chat with each other. 
where we discover that the um, all of the the famous restaurant chains have decided to add a vowel to their name. So it's now McDonald's, Burger King, and Woundies. I say this line easily more than any other line from this movie, more than I say as a goof. Every single time I see one of these restaurants or someone mentions one, I will immediately respond with uh, McDonald's, Burger King, or Woody's um, uh, as applicable. <laughs> I'll say probably it's a good thing I keep kosher because otherwise I'd be a lot more annoyed because they don't come up that often. <laughs> yeah, well, it might also wear off for you. Um, yeah, or is yeah, that not a possibility? Um, yeah, so, yeah, probably not. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so so meanwhile, so they're heavy. So they decide to go get a drink together at the bar. And while they're at the bar, they see on the news that the the guy who was the prosecute the public prosecutor who successfully sentenced doctor uh the doctor to, to jail he was disbarred by the judge jackson for for no reason except that she was just in a pissy mood and he was told at the time by by who was it by 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 um by jason sudeikis by the the victim's the victim's husband, who it sort of seemed as if he was being the lawyer for for some reason, he was told him, oh, they're hiring tour guides down at the nuclear power plant. So he's become a tour guide at the nuclear power plant. And unfortunately, there was a leak. There was a disaster. Um, also, for some strange reason, there's um, one kid, the, the, the kid, um, Leah Schreiber's son, decides to try and sell a hook about a reality show about a bunch of homeless people to, um, uh, what's, what's her name, the famous comedian? Who played uh, Jerry's girlfriend, fiance, who was too much similar to him on Seinfeld? Um, Jean Garofalo. Yeah, Jean Garofalo. She's there for a second. Anyway, they all of a sudden realized w- the only way to save all these children is if we could somehow uh, get 80 CAT scans. And I just love the sheer stupidity of this logic that CAT scan machines are needed to save these people's lives because obviously these machines right, yeah. provide information. They don't cure. Right. They just they, movie, just they just diagnose. Right. Yes. They, they do not cure. But in this movie... They do, and so they run over to these two houses. Also, like nobody could get into the houses just because like the doors are locked. Like yeah, even though, but there were cat scan machines all over the yard. <laughs> right. Last time we saw the houses. <laughs> right. Suddenly those exactly. are gone. Yes, they can't get in the houses because these two are at the bar getting beers and listening to some music, and they don't answer their phones, or maybe they don't have cell phones. Two thousand seven. I don't know. Um, Oh, I also yeah, want all, all the children die. Oh, I have to I have to correct myself. There's something I say more than McDonald's, Burger King, and Woody's from this movie, and it's from this story. Mm-hmm. And it's the way that Jula, Joe Latrulia pronounces his his character Paul. He pronounces Michigas as Michigas, sort of like Rodney, <laughs> Michigan. Right. He's like enough of this Michigas. And I absolutely every time I say Michigas, I say Michigas now, which is a Yiddish word. So I say that much more than I say McDonald's because um, of the life that I lead. And I don't know why he says Michigas, but I say Michigas now because of this. Um, and and by the way, my mother-in-law has corrected my pronunciation of the word Michigas, Michigas, at least twenty times in the. In the so in, so in your head, the spreadsheet that we share is Curb Michigas. Oh yes, oh yes, the name of the document is Michigas for sure. But um, but my mother-in-law has corrected. She says, "Oh, it's pronounced Michigas," <laughs> but she's done this twenty times in the eighteen years old. Now you know. <laughs> in more recent years, there's reasons her memory isn't as strong, but it, anyway, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, so I, <laughs> well, I, I don't think we need to get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Now it's more understandable, but like for many years, it was not understandable why she would correct me, and I guess she would forget from time to time. Although you know, my grandmother, every single time she'd use a Yiddish term, and she was completely with it. She had no senility until the day she died. Um, every time she used a Jewish term, she'd turn to me and she'd say, "That's a term in Yiddish or Jewish." 
the language that my parents <laughs> spoke. She said that to me a thousand times also. I'm like, yeah, Baba, I know. I call you Baba. That's a term in Yiddish, Baba, or Jewish. Parenthetical, I never heard anyone refer to the language Yiddish as Jewish, except for my grandmother in her explanatory ways. Have you? Have you ever heard somebody called Yiddish Jewish? Um, well, p- that's probably how they would describe it to someone who is not Jewish. No, no, no. They didn't say the Jewish language. She, she was translating the word Yiddish into English and saying Jewish, which is technically yeah. accurate. But yeah, but uh, yeah, I yeah. Everybody calls Yiddish. Anyway, um, so Av, do you have a rating for this story? Um, yeah, I'll say this one is pretty, 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 pretty good. This one, this one was one of my favorites. I really thought this was very fun. Where do you rank um, it? Um, um, I think this I had this as my number three. Uh, no, this is my number two. This is my number. Oh, two. number this two. Number oh, two wow. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, so we had thou, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's goods. Um, almost back to back are my are my two favorites of the whole thing. So, um, you know, it's, so this this was definitely like the the high point for me right here. Oh. Um, through five, I'm like, I kind of felt like okay, there's been five. Two of these were like excellent. The other, you know, you know, one was okay. One I didn't. Two I mean, like okay, it was like very doing very well through the first half. I felt. Mm. Uh, I would say the second half. We'll see how we go. I think it was not as strong as the first. So half. it's the reverse of the of the actual commandments in the order in the Jewish order anyway. Because you said the second half are better than the first half for the actual commandments. At the top of the podcast, uh, we were ranking right, commandments. Right, yeah. right, more right, more yeah. uh, more fundamental. So I'll say, like, look, everything from Liev Schreiber is perfection. I, I talked about how I take these mispronunciations with me every day. Michigas, McDonald's, Burger King, Woundies. I love it all. But sort of like the previous story about the, about you know with the twins, it, it sort of gives off this B side energy to me. I don't know what it is about it. Just it doesn't seem like one of the main stories. Like the first story seems like a main story, and we'll come back to those characters again and again. Um, also, the um, obviously as a goof seems like a main story. This sort of just gives off B side energy to me. So I'll say it's pretty, 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 pretty good. I'll give it three and a half because I like it, but just there's something, there's something not main about it. I don't know. Um, I, my, my, I, I didn't, guy, I of didn't course, think of it that way. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't have an explanation. It's not like it's longer. Or no, no, it's it's a it's a it's a good point. It's got major characters. Leah Schreiber is my come with guy. Um, although the honorable mention goes to the goth kid who um, I, I love how he sort of nods knowingly as there's the nuclear disaster. And then he's the only one who seems to survive it. He's like trying to rescue the other kids. He says, no, you're not. I'm not losing you today or whatever. Um, but the fucking asshole has to be Liam Schreiber. He coveted his neighbor's cat scans. He abused his wife. He killed his child and like 25 other kids. Um, and the uh, former prosecutor turned uh, tour guide, it's Tony or whatever his name was. So yeah, so not a great job by uh, by Leev here by by Officer Ray Johnson. He um, uh, he uh, ends up killing more people even than the doctor who he put away for uh, for goofing as a goof. All right, so let's go back to the interstitial again. This is where Fomke says, "I've had enough of you. Get out." <laughs> and um, right. Jeff Rieger is thrown out on his ass. He's got to go uh, find Jessica Alba, which is good because Jessica Alba told them that he wanted her to break up with her. So um, she wanted him to break up with with, uh, with Fomke. So he's done so. And now we go to story number six, which is another form of uh, coveting, which is thy neighbor's wife. Uh, the wife here will be um, our, our beloved doctor, who is a prison wife. Uh, Av, I'm going to guess that story number six probably would not uh, be made if they were uh, making. Yeah, they, 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 yeah, they probably wouldn't there. make it. Okay. There's definitely a lot of uh, there's a lot of rape, uh, a lot of yeah. male rape specifically. Um I mean, isn't that now? Is it your? It's PC. You have to say it's good to be male raped. No, I just think 
you're not you're not supposed to make jokes about rape. Rape isn't a funny thing. Like like because oh, uh, like often oftentimes the joke is literally just the rape. Like like for example, he says right. Without no, that's consent, true. That's of course, true. Yeah, I hear that. That's what makes the rape. And and by the way, I'm pro making jokes about everything. Make jokes about the Holocaust. Make jokes about my 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 children. Make jokes about it. Like anything in the world, you know. I so I'm I'm free reign for me. But I understand that uh, many others aren't like that, and you know I certainly respect that. Yeah. That being said, this is a pro rape joke. But uh, Rob Cordry is here in prison with our beloved doctor. Yes, yes, sir. Well, at least this this story uh, this story of the of the movie is. Um, so my theory is that Rob Cordry is playing the same guy he played in Curb. Right. We know, <laughs> okay. What do we know about him from Curb? We, in Curb, we he know was, he was uh, a child he was on right. Well, he was right. He and was we on know the, he was Jewish. He was on the list. We don't know that he, he was a child molester. molester. No, oh, sorry, we know he was a that sex he. Offender. Sorry, excuse me. We know he's he on the sex, sex offender. offender. They don't say he was what he's a sex he did offender, and he was Jewish. Here in this movie, we know that his name is Dwayne Rosenblum, so he seems to be Jewish, and he tells us that he's in for life without parole, which means he must have done something really heinous, like probably rape and murder a bunch of little kids. So I'm assuming it's the same guy. <laughs> That's my assumption here. <laughs> That, that really escalated quickly. He really elevated yes. small talk to medium talk. Absolutely. Well, after he got thrown out of the uh, the the seder, he had nowhere else to go. He uh, yeah. You know, so his his life just spiraled out of control. You know, maybe he's the victim of a um of a blood libel, right? It was Passover after all. So for That's for those true. who don't know, in the Middle Ages, a fun way to kill your neighborhood Jews would be every year on Passover, um, they they would make up these lies. For no apparent reason, that Jews were uh, were killing Christian children and using their blood to make matzah. Matzah is the uh, unleavened bread that we eat on, on Passover, which um, is not allowed to have any uh, Christian child blood. Sorry, but um, and it'd be an excuse to round up the local Jews and commit a pogrom because you know you wanted to act out some anti-Semitism. So maybe Dwayne is a total victim here. That's my position. It's all a blood libel <laughs> or Dwayne Rosenblum. Uh, although he doesn't seem to give off like I've been framed energy, he seems to be sort of uh, accepting of his fate. So. Anyway, so so of course the covenant of, of of the wife is that um Dwayne really hits it off with with Glenn with Dr. Ritchie and he says, Hey, why don't you leave Big Buster for me? And um and, but it, it works out for him at the end, right? Because Big Buster, uh Dr. Ritchie will come to Big Buster and he'll say, I just don't feel it anymore when you're raping me. And and Big Buster says, Get out of here. You know, as long as you're being raped every single night against your consent, that's all that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, get out of here. And then Glenn just walks out of his cell and goes to Dwayne's cell. I'm not exactly sure how this prison works, that it lights out. Uh, you can just go to the next cell to get raped. But that's what happens. And then uh, Michael Ian Black uh, plays a prison guard who, for some reason, quotes Shakespeare to us. And doesn't it sound like the movie's ending? Like, when you're watching this first time, you think this was the end of the movie? He's like, he's like, and our story is all told. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think and so. And then he says, remember. lights out. It's just very strange. We have four more stories. I have no idea what what this Michael Ian Black is doing here. I mean, he's an original member of the state, so I right. think in a lot of cases they like just wanted to stick their buddies in. But yeah, very strange what he's doing yeah. here. All right, so Av, uh, do you have a rating for this? For what's where do you rank this story from one to ten? Um, I thought this one was funny too. I mean, I guess it's you know it wouldn't be made today, but I thought it still worked. Um, I understand. I understand what the joke is, and it doesn't mean that actual rape is funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say this one was on the higher end for me. Um, so yeah, I think it's actually I had a, a really nice ring of uh, three, five, and six all now in my top four. Um, I had this. I would say pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half, pretty. Okay. I mean, I like, so like it. A very but like- solid one. My problem is I just feel like I can't really quote this one to people anymore because, you know, yeah. if I make rape jokes in, in, in 
you know, if I say McDonald's, people will look at me like I'm a weirdo, but they won't think I'm a despicable person. If I right. if I say that's what makes it rape and I laugh, people will probably uh, never talk to me again. So um, I'm only going to give it, I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. I'll give it one and a half just because, uh, you know, it's hard to say in 2022 or 2023, which is the actual year of the word. Um, right. But my come with guy is Rob Corddry. I just feel like he's probably about as nice a guy as you're going to get who's serving life without parole. And right. maybe he was framed. Maybe he, it's all anti-Semitism. Right. Well, all, all I was going to say, you're, he's as nice as you're going to get if, as someone whose bitch you're going to be. Yeah. Well, like he's very, he's very courteous. Like, well, but it's going to be without his consent, of course. Right. That's what makes. Of it course. Rape. That's what makes it rape. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, fucky assholes t- is hard because we have a lot of assholes in the story. Right. We're, we're, in a, we're in like a maximum security prison. But I'll say Big Buster. Big Buster is kind of an asshole. Yeah, I mean, he's not not an asshole. And Rob Gordry's not not an asshole. Yeah. But, you know, anyone who's a rapist, I think it's fair to say is a fucking asshole. Yeah. Um, you know, you know what the fucking asshole is? Um, Ra- is uh, what's his name? Um, Camarino's fucking asshole is the fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I did not see that one coming. Uh, neither did he, because it was not his consent. So. <laughs> it was not with his consent. That is certainly an asshole that is fucking uh, all right. Um, all right. So the next interstitial, we see Paul Rod with his hat. He's coming. He's coming back into the new apartment that he's sharing with um, with his girlfriend, with Jessica Alba. And he wants to sit at home and read Kierkegaard, but she wants to party 24 seven. And <laughs> we quickly realize that this is not going to last, uh, even though she is a uh, she fancies herself a shutterbug and a predigestator, a word I cannot say for the thousandth time. Um, so this story number seven is thou shalt not steal. So we have jumped all over the place. So the last two were coveting, which is the last of the Ten Commandments. And now we jump back up to steal, which is the seventh of the Ten Commandments. Um, and we're at number seven now. So we're at the right number, but we just got there totally the wrong way because we have skipped the Sabbath day. We have skipped don't commit adultery. And instead, we snuck in two covets. But uh, we end up at number seven on number seven. And this hmm. is where our friend Kelly, um, Winona Ryder, wants to see Gary the wooden doll and his hard yeah. wooden dick. So it turns out <laughs> that um, years after she left her um, she left her boyfriend in the ground, she ended up with Louis LaFonda, who when we found out that Gretchen Mole, Gloria at 35, was a virgin, did you expect to find an older virgin in this movie? Because Louis LaFonda is also a virgin. He's hoping to lose his virginity here on his wedding night. Unfortunately for him, um, they're all virgins. Yeah. Kelly, unfortunately, well, uh, Kelly's certainly not. Um, she is more interested in the hard wooden dick. Now, I have a question here. Does Kelly say, let's blow this juke joint or let's blow this Jew <laughs> joint? <laughs> I think Jew joints. Okay. Cause yeah. Cause that's, my what, friends I heard. that's I, what I heard. My friends and I interpreted it as Jew joint. Um, so, so Gary basically is making an anti-Semitic joke from the stage. That's the joke. Okay, got it. Um, but it's not exactly what is, what is what is a juke joint? Is that something? Yeah, like it's like a dance hall, like a bar, you know, with a, like a jukebox. Juke oh, joint is an actual expression. Juke joint is not an expression. Oh. oh, so then it's probably juke joint. Well, but but I yeah, Google juke joint. Uh, juke joint is the vernacular term for an informal establishment featuring music, dancing, gambling, uh, and drinking. Okay, I know, I know, it's called that. Primarily operated by African Americans. Ah. So maybe it's not an anti-Semitic joke. Maybe it's a, it's a racist joke. Interesting. There you go. There you go. Wow, you just did cultural. Appro- you just did cultural. By... Appro- you did a cultural appropriation. Yeah, it was. You um, tried to steal their yeah. thing. 
anyway um yeah but 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 uh, yeah so it's not sh- clear is he saying juke joint or juke joint but anyways um he is the ventriloquist and his <laughs> dummy are much more interesting well not the ventriloquist just the dummy to kelly than her real life breathing husband louis lafonda and so um she will end up stealing which is thou shalt not steal the commandment she'll end up stealing him from his um from his box and and because she wants to see his hard a dick and she will indeed have sex with him on the other side of the wall of louis lafonda um very sadly um for louis lafonda whose marriage is over on the night that it began and eventually though both the ventriloquist and louis lafonda will come to the realization that we have to let kelly and gary go on their way we have to release them and um you know maybe um gary has been holding him back the whole time and so that is how our story ends uh kelly is driving up the west side of manhattan with uh gary in her car uh what's your take on the story um, I liked it for like the first half of it, and then it kind of, as it dragged on, it got kind—I of, guess—just more ridiculous and more. It kind of lost it for, for me. Um, I, you know, it, it was like intriguing at the beginning, but then it just kind of, I think, lost the thread and went off the rails. Yeah, well, that's very much this movie in general. Yeah, I think yeah. this might be my least favorite story. I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. I'll just give it one and a half. Um, the best part about it is it, it will drive the ventriloquist to meet the lion rhino. So that, that's good because uh, I really like the line rhino and we need to get him there. So that's yeah. good. Do you do you have a come with guy or gal? Oh wait, wait, wait what's your, what's your rating out of ten? Well, where do you rank it? Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> my rating out of ten, I had this as um, number number six. Oh, so, so if you don't average. like this and it's number six, that means there's a lot. You don't like about half. Basically, we're in trouble. Yeah, this is number six or seven. Yeah. Um, Who's your uh, come with guy here? I can't. I'll say this is number seven. I'm gonna move that no. other one up. Mm-hmm. Um, my come with guy. I will say who is in this. Um, oh, I'll say the ventriloquist because that's awesome to be a ventriloquist and be able to do that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for me, I might. It's a come with doll. It's Gary. He's a wooden doll from a company in Chicago, and he's still able to have sex with an owner rider. So that's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah, and she's probably my fucking asshole because this girl sucks. She's she's leaving fiancés and husbands left and right. Oh, d- d- so. Do you think she's attracted? Is it said is she attracted to him because of the original fiance? What do you mean? Because he's like a like a a tree now. Like he's like what he's like the ground. But he's immobile. The, 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 this guy's very mobile. He's in a box. You take him anywhere you I want. I understand, but like, does she have like a like a thing now for like a wooden man because of her fiance who was a became like a half man, half earth. Mm. We all well, we also have another man who's half man, half wood, right? The the guy who pulls the rickshaw in Mexico. Uh-huh. So maybe it's it's a theme in the movie I've never even seen until here on the after the fourth. There you go. So well, you never there. had you never had a film critic on yes, that's true on this movie before. All right. By so, the way, I will I will say my least favorite thing about this movie is that it's impossible to Google anything about this movie because you put like anything with the ten. Yes. yes. Like the ten movie. It's like, oh top ten movies. Yes, like, no, exactly. like I want about this movie ba- like, bad two thousand seven. I agree with you, bad SEO. Yeah, it's horrible SEO to like find yeah. information about. So like I gave up and like, Maybe like, that's why it wasn't so big. It. it was hard for people to find it. That's probably it. It's not even streaming anywhere, yeah, which is very disappointing. Um all right, so the next interstitial, it's nice to see newsman Jim Stansel again. Uh, he is apparently having sex with Famke Jansen. She's moved in with him after breaking up with Jeff Riegert. He has a huge penis, we'll learn later as well. <laughs> and so um, 
yeah so so jeff is trying to jeff having broken up with his immature girlfriend is trying to move back in or at least take a shit at um at famke jansen's place but she says no because jim stancil's there wearing a uh, an apron as one does and now we get to story number eight which is thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor yeah also by the way one of those like reverse callback things here is that we now know in retrospect that the ventriloquist had ron silver as his agent yes correct like we see that like like in the first one it's the very yes the very first scene of the of uh, in the first story when we first meet ron silver he's yelling at a ventriloquist and his officer so we think (laughs) while his secretary takes notes it turns out he's actually yelling at the secretary of the ventriloquist well wait is the ventriloquist his is is he the ventriloquist's agent or is the ventriloquist his note taker secretary because he says to him how did he get in here and he's like oh i'm sorry it won't happen again or something oh I thought he was his agent. Maybe it's a mutual relationship. You you be my assistant, I'll be your agent. Win-win. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, so That's story number eight is The Lion Rhino, um, yeah. which is our only animated story, and it's featuring um, the voice of, of H. John Benjamin, which I always like. I really like the show Archer, where he is the main voice. Um, we have a piccolo, a, a real-life piccolo in a drug den, and our ventriloquist wakes up in this drug den, and he hears he's offered some new kind of heroin called the lying rhino. He says, why is it called the lying rhino? And he's told a very whimsical story about a rhino who uh, was going through a number of jobs and could do nothing well. He couldn't be a locksmith. He couldn't be a piano player um, because, you know, he doesn't have fingers and all the jobs he was choosing require fingers. But he thought of a job that doesn't require fingers, and that's spreading lies. And basically, we're going to have a very <laughs> adult inappropriate version of the boy who cried wolf is the lying rhino and he right. lies and lies and lies and he benefits the first few times but eventually everybody finds out he's a liar and they don't believe him and so when he overhears a pack of hyenas who decide let's intentionally get infect ourselves <laughs> give everyone stds <laughs> yes stds that we are immune to and then and they come, they come up and like hey everyone let's fuck have an orgy. Yes. <laughs> Let's all yes. fuck each other. So the, the, the visual gags throughout this cartoon, and cartoons just offer you that opportunity, like Bojack Horseman had endless <laughs> examples of this as well, obviously. Like, you can just sneak in so many, like, he starts on the Lower East Side, and we see kosher pickles and all this kind of sort of stuff like that. Um, but basically, to make a long story short, nobody believes him because he's the boy who cried wolf because he lied one too many times. And so when he tries to warn everybody about the horny, evil, um std spreading murdering in fact i mean everybody in this town is dead it, it looks sort of like the cat scan yard um everybody's dead and it's very sad and so we had to move back to portland to start dealing heroin and oh the other thing is every time he gets fired from a job he will poop and um, a flower grow out of the poop <laughs> right. and one time an entire uh, uh jack of the beanstalk grows and an entire mexican family comes down um but um yeah we meet him in real life and he is dealing the heroin and he poops and we see some real life poop with a flower growing out of it so uh, what was your take on this story? So I, I'm. There's probably more things that I liked about about this story that I'm overlooking um, in in not viewing this episode well, um, because like the poop thing, I just found so off putting <laughs> that it like took me out of it every time. Okay. Uh, but there is there is actually other even like, when you get the punchline of the real poop. Yeah, it's just, I just didn't like. I like. I didn't yeah, like it the first like, time. First, I didn't like the second time. Point. Yeah, okay. um, right. the visual gag of like the dogs fucking everybody in the orgy. The evil, the evil leader dogs. Yeah. yeah, the evil leader dogs. That's very funny when they're all just like. You know, it's an entertaining orgy. You got to say, you got to admit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the man knows how to put together an orgy. Mm-hmm. 
the dogs. Yeah. The dogs. The dogs. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah. The man makes a good dog, a uh, good orgy. Um, yeah. I mean, I really like the whimsy of the cartoon. It's certainly more memorable than I think a couple of the previous stories, I guess, right. partially because it's a cartoon. Right. But um, yeah, there's, there's nothing really quotable here for me. So I'll, for me, it's it's only OK. I'll, I'll say it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. I'll say two and a half pretties. But as I said, it's much it's much funnier than like the boy cried wolf as a parable. Uh, what, what does it rank out of 10 for you? Um, this is my uh, ninth. Um, I oh, wow. On this. wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really hating on the line, right? Yeah. Not a fan. I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. Uh, one and a half. Wow. Really hates the line. Rhino. Disappointing to hear. Hate the um, Rhino. Do, do you come with guy? Or fucking I, was, ass- I mean, uh, the fucking asshole's got to be the yeah. their dogs, obviously. Yeah. These are the types of things we should probably agree on before we do a podcast. Yeah, so we'll both fine. prepare for the same thing. Oh, well. no, you don't have to do it. That's fine. My, my come with guys. Um, the line Rhino. He learned his lesson. He tried to warn. Yeah, fine. He did the right thing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. All right, so uh, we're almost done. We're at story number nine, and this is where... Okay, so first of all, we meet the landlord, whose name is Timothy Dalton. Yeah, I'll actually, I'll, I, I will go back and just say the wiener dogs, I'll say, are the come with guys for obvious reasons. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I guess they came everywhere. Um, and then they fly off on their private jet with their attractive uh, flight attendant. They literally was... inject their cum yes. as a way of transmitting sexually... <laughs> and they genocide an entire town of, of, of all different kinds of animals. Yeah, so I guess they're probably also the fucking assholes. That's the yes. rare case where it's definitely where it's yeah. yeah all right so anyway so okay so before we get story number nine we're back in the void where we see that um he he you know he was he he divorced Fumpke jansen and then he left jessica alba and then he tried to go back to Fumpke jansen that didn't work so now he's got to find his own apartment the landlord is timothy dalton who as i said flubs his lines and they just leave that in and then the story continues with jeffrey yurt coming out of the void into the world and story number nine, thou shalt not commit adultery, is is Paul Rudd in the real world. Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting twist. Yeah. And I so, like it. I like it. I like that you got more color around it. Yeah. So thou shalt not commit adultery is the seventh commandment. So we did eight and nine is seven and eight, and now we're doing seven is nine. So we're a little bit out of order there. Um, the big one that we've skipped still is the Sabbath day, which is the fourth commandment, or according to some Christians, according to Christians, the third commandment. And that one um, will be the last one for us. So we are we are not up to that yet. This is barely a story to me. Basically, he he runs into Fomke Jansen on the street. He they ask how each other are doing. Um, he fi- she he finds out that she broke up with um, um, with Jim Stansel, even though his penis is so big that just thinking about it can give her orgasms on the street. She finds out that he's married to Diane Weist, um, the the actor from like um, you know from Woody Allen movies, and. That's the whole joke, basically. They just—it's a single joke with Diane Weiss, and they say, "Let's get back together." And he says, "Why well, do I want to commit adultery?" And so they break up with Diane Weiss. He calls Diane Weiss on the phone. He breaks up with her. End of story. Um, where does this yeah. make you off? End of story. Um. Well, it's like—is this the, just this, or is it the whole Paul Rudd? However, you would like to rank it. Oh, so all the inter- yeah. so you're so saying I so think all I the interstitials are basically because... lead up to this. That makes sense. Yeah, so that I mean, I, I misranked that because if I think of it that way, I think of it higher. Because like, if you just tell me like the whole like Paul Rudd's whole thing in the movie, I would say that was like I, I like that. Like Paul Rudd is awesome, <laughs> and the scenes that he's in are funny. Um, does this like story work? No, not really. <laughs> but like the thing as a whole, I'll, I'll rank as like pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half. Oh, that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. And, and and where do you rank it out of your ten? Um, I think I had it like six or seven, but now I probably move it up a couple of spots mm. now that I'm thinking of it as as broader. All right. So so this to me, as I said, is not even really a story. So I give it no pretties at all. 
But if I'm going to no points, yeah. But if no, but if I'm going to incorporate all of the Paul Rudd stuff, I'll say it's pretty, pretty good. Oh, two pretties. It's fine. I like Paul Rudd, but like, it's still it's not it's not there's not really that much there. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, Paul Rudd is just. I think Paul Rudd starts with three. Um, I think Paul Rudd starts with three pretties. Okay, so he starts with three. There was no story, so I take one off. Do we find Um, out what happened with the kite, or they just allude to it? Yeah, the something happened between it, it. No, it's it's like the it's it's like the um the tractor story in Seinfeld. Right. We Although we know it involved her right. brother. So her brother was somehow <laughs> killed by a kite. He went to fly a kite and he was electrocuted. Um, her brother was Benjamin uh, Franklin. So my come with gal has to be Diane Weist, uh, smart enough to ditch uh, Jeff Ryger at the first possibility. And my fucking asshole is Gretchen, which is Famke Jansen's character's name, for falling for this bozo again. I understand that Paul Rudd is like, you know, charming, but this guy's a loser. <laughs> he is a loser. I agree. Yeah. I, anyway, I agree with your choices. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, now that we've wrapped up the Paul, the, the Jeff Riegert story, we don't have a interstitial between stories nine and ten. So we cut right to story number ten, which is much like it ends the week. It ends the movie. Story number ten. Thou shalt honor the Sabbath day. You keep it holy. We're going to meet some flack freaks. Is this number 10 in any liturgy? No, all the liturgies go in order of how they're listed in the Bible. The only question is, where do you right. divide? So, no, this uh-huh. is number three for the Christians, number four for the Jews. It's It can only yeah. be three or four. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, so, but for some reason... In this so this movie, is way off. We're way off now. Yeah, we're totally... The, the ones that are the most off are Sabbath being 10th and then kill being third those are the two that are the completely the furthest so it would oh, be and then also coveting be, coveting is dead last but for us it's five and six it would be interesting to see what the what order the- would be and how that would change the movie if it was done in the like quote correct order from the mm. you know the old test oh that's a good idea i should watch the movie this would be easier on the dvd we could sort of skip chapters you know what i mean right but yeah but so you should watch the order okay so we should watch the movie like this start with the first story have no other gods that's fine then go to the second story. Don't take the God, Lord's name in vain. That's fine. Then go to Sabbath. So Sabbath is number three. So right. we go, which is good because then we go from Jesus and we go straight to Oliver and we see Oliver's whole story and Gloria's whole story. So right. That's not bad. Although by the end of the Sabbath day, by the end of the parties, every man that we've seen throughout all the stories is there. We don't know who all those people are. Um, then we would do honor your parents, which was next. Well, like so what? So like, yeah. yeah so then, fine. just like when you meet the, when you meet people later, you'll be like, oh, they were at the party. Now, part of the problem is then we have to wait for as a goof, thou shalt not kill. Instead of coming in third, it comes in <laughs> sixth. So it comes much later in the movie. Mm. And that right, you bad. might turn you might you might turn it off before you get there. Yeah. Also, that then thou shalt not commit adultery has to be next, and that doesn't make sense because the adultery one is all of the interstitials. So that part doesn't, doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. Right. It's the whole buildup of of the of the Jeff Rigard story. And then, um, yeah, and then it would be thou shalt not steal and bear false witness. And then we would end with the coveting uh, of the wife first. We'd first covet the wife, and then we'd end up coveting. So the cat scans would end the movie. Mm-hmm. Hey, cool. I don't think I don't think it, interesting. Yeah, so you I don't think the current like, one is so uh, well designed that uh, oh. you know. Look at look at this critic here. Anyway, so okay, so back to the story. So it turns out. That Oliver doesn't like going to uh, to church on Sundays. Look, sometimes you don't want to go to Shulon Shabbos. I get it. And instead, he stays home alone and plays some Roberta Flack and walks around his house naked. And I certainly can't criticize this because my default style of dress in my house is, I mean, out of respect for like sitting surfaces, it's underwear, but I'm wearing underwear, nothing else most of the time. 
when I podcast, mm-hmm. I put on a sweatshirt for for the benefit of. Uh, oh, Uber. that's yeah, that's so kind of you. Yes, but for the waist down, it's nothing but boxers right now, boxer briefs. Um, and so anyway, so Oliver tells his friend Bobby Cannavale, who is another person. Much there's so many of them in this movie. We have Schreiber and Oliver Platt. Like he has a 100 percent approval rating for me. I love everything he's in. I I I loved um Boardwalk Empire because of him. I loved um he was in a movie, he was in a show which only lasted two seasons on HBO, then it got canceled, where he's playing in the 70s a a um like a record producer for like a for like a a a a, a, a record studio. Did you ever see that? I think it was called Vinyl or something. No. Bobby Cannavale was the star of I think it was called Vinyl, I'm pretty sure. Um Vinyl. Bobby, yes, Vinyl. Vinyl was a drama series in 2016 created by Rich Cohen, Mick Jagger, Martin Scorsese, and Terrence Winter. So it had big names attached. And it was starring Bobby Cannavale. And yes, it only lasted 10 episodes, unfortunately. Which is weird. You think Scorsese and Jack... Basically, um, you know, Scorsese loves music sort of more than anything else. And so he made this show about music, and for some reason, nobody else liked it. But I loved it uh, because it had Bobby Cannavale, who I love. Um, anyway, so you, you go on HBO Max. You can find it there. Should we do a podcast about that show? About which one? About Vinyl. Vinyl? I think I tried watching that. And it wasn't into it. You like Scorsese, right? Oh, you did watch it. Yeah. Okay. I think I tried it. I didn't like it. Yeah. Okay, I don't so Oliver is selling. Oliver is selling Bobby Cannavale. Bobby Cannavale on um, on what he's doing, and Bobby says this is a gay thing, and Oliver says no, it's not a gay thing. I mean, sure, I blew a few sailors in the 80s, but who did it? It was the 80s. Av, did you blow any sailors in the 80s? <laughs> who didn't? Yeah. Um, Definitely not in the 80s. Anyway, so so Bobby Cannavale comes over, and, and then he, they both admit to being flack freaks, and then he says, let's play Killing Me Softly, right? And, and then he says, that's... <laughs> The little flack one of one. Like two on the nose. Go a little deeper. Let's play greatest hits. Yeah. Let's play greatest hits track two. <laughs> so they go to her, her second most famous song, and then while while the song it's is the B side, yes, they're reading fun facts about her, including among Bobby Cannavale's or holds a degree from Howard University. Um, and then slowly but surely they invite more and more buddies until every man in the movie, every man in the city, every man in the world, is at Oliver's house. Um you know, dancing to Oliver Flack, uh, excuse me, to uh, to Roberta Flack in the nude on Sundays while they while their families are at church. And then Governor Hutchins, who we met in story number one, who says, I'm going to do to what is it? Uh, unemployment. What what you know what the ground did to that guy? I'm going to bury it deep in the ground and leave it there or whatever. The Governor Hutchins is here. What a great lookout looking out for his constituents calls Oliver. Church let out early. Your wife is coming home. Get all the naked guys out of the house. And they all are hiding, but he, the gig is up. He admits it, and and he and his wife is mad, Gloria, because he's disrespecting the Sabbath. And he says, no, everyone can honor the Sabbath however they want. And then we cut to a big musical number, which ends the, sh- which, which ends the whole movie. It's a little reminiscent of 40-Year-Old Virgin. And so this musical number features everyone from our cast and sort of sort of wraps up all the stories and like i love the musical number at the end it was very funny to me what was your take yeah on it's that? fun it's fun it goes on for too long but it's it was fun while yeah. or before you get to what, what's your take on the story on, on the flack freaks yeah i would say the moral of the story is men will go to great lengths to avoid going to shul 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so instead, just hang out with their buddies. Yeah, I mean, I literally do this with my friends. I mean, we're not naked, but instead of going, <laughs> in, I should. Oh, so, so synagogue traditionally starts at nine a.m. So I, so in in my community, everybody, it's it's not exclusive. Anybody's invited. Uh, um, everybody goes at eight thirty to someone's house every week. I mean, only about a dozen guys do it, but it's an open invitation. Anyone can join us. And we go to someone's house at eight thirty in the morning to drink and eat and you know drink you know when you're in college i guess maybe less us or less you but like when you go to like college with like <laughs> big football, when you go to college with big football programs you wake up at right. nine o'clock in the morning on a saturday morning and immediately start drinking and eating meat and then that's not a thing that you do other than in college for the rest of your life until you move to Englewood and you're part of the Orthodox community here in Englewood Tenafly because that's what we do every every Friday Saturday morning at 8:30 we go to someone's house and we eat copious amounts of meat and we drink lots of alcohol at 8:30 in the morning, and ostensibly it's before synagogue but in reality it's instead of synagogue. <laughs> so um, except right. that we're not naked, and we're not listening to Roberta Flack, um, right. but also and also we bring our kids so it's a little bit different which is why the wives support it because you're gonna leave the house and yes, take all the kids it, out of the house at 8:30 in the morning. So. Yeah, you could do it. You could do pretty much whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Under those terms. Yeah. So how do you, where do you rank the story though from one to ten? Um, I ranked it one pretty highly. Um, I really like the vibe of it. Um, I had this as my third favorite. Ooh, um, nice. So I'll say it's uh, four pretties. Pretty, 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 pretty good. I might yeah, have said there, but I this story four. to me gave off. Are you like a big ass at all guy or not really? Definitely not a big ass at all guy. Okay. No. So it's sort of a known thing that like the twelve fifty sketch on SNL, like the last one of the night, is always right. It's like wacky. Yeah. And this story, I oh know you can say that about this whole movie, but like this story to me gives off 1255 SNL sketch vibes. But I almost <laughs> always love the 1255 sketch more than anything else in the episode. It's weird and offbeat, right. but it's funny. And so, yeah, I say pretty, 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 three and a half pretties. It's a very solid final story. Um, I come with guys, clearly Governor Hutchins, as I said, acting as a great lookout. Even though he's the only guy who doesn't come with to the parties. My fucking asshole, I'll say, you know, as Oliver sings in the big musical number at the end, I never heard a fly. I never fucked a whore. So why is Gloria blowing up his spot? He wants to get to go with his friends on the Sabbath. He's honoring the Sabbath in a different way. So my fucking asshole is Gloria for uh, being mean to her husband here. Man, well, that's it. Our movie comes to an end. We have the hip hop song at the end with the credits where they acknowledge the fact that they went out of order. So everything is tongue in cheek about this movie. Well, I don't know how official any of these rankings really are. Uh, You have an overall rating for the movie? Um, yeah, I'll say that it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Three and a half. I think it's like a very solid comedy of this length. Um, I think you got your bang for your buck. Um, I mean, you have to be like open to like wacky silliness a little bit at yeah. least. Um, you know, if that's it, not really not your thing, then it's sure, probably not yes. your thing. It, it's like Kentucky Fried Movie or something, right? It's it's a bunch of sketches. It's an anthology movie. It, it helps to be uh, to be not completely sober, probably. It helps to be watched with a bunch of your buddies, probably. Yeah. So it's a great college movie, I would say. Yeah, that sounds right. And you could also like there's you could just like pick it up indiscriminately of anything because it's so disconnected. And yeah, for sure. You, you can watch, you know, half an hour of it and fall asleep. And who cares? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, come on. Be a come with guy. Who's your overall come with guy or gal? Uh, got to be got to be Ken Marino. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. He's 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 definitely the best thing in this movie. Yeah, he's phenomenal. He also, as I said, he he produced it. He co-wrote it. So, you know, it's it's his vehicle. You know, one interesting thing to me is. And I was a big the 10 guy. Michael Showalter was sort of at the time of the 10 was sort of I think if you had and I think I've read things that have literally said the words I'm about to say, like if you had pulled people in 1997 or whatever and said, which of these people is going to break out the most to be the biggest star? 
Michael Showalter was sort of like the pick. And he didn't really break out. Um, I mean, he's in Wet Hot American Summer, obviously, which is another the state vehicle. But in this movie, all he is, he's a cop who always says somebody better get the cops, but doesn't actually do anything in the in the Dash Not Steel sketch with, with the uh, ventriloquist doll. But it's interesting to me sort of how like the different members of the state sort of emerged in different ways. And so this movie is David Wade, who is always the behind the scenes guy in the state. He's the behind the scenes guy here. And, and Ken Marino, who is my favorite member of the state, he's the star of the movie here also. Um, and then we see everyone else from the state, but yeah, as I said, like Michael Showalter, we see the least, so. <laughs> if I could, I'd sit until 12 of you to death by my foot up your ass, fucking assholes. And who's your overall fucking asshole? My fucking asshole is God for uh, hoisting these 10 horrible commandments on people. Although I said some, some of them are some of them are fine. And some I assume are good commandments. <laughs> some are good commandments. Yeah. Um, but a lot of them are just like, you know, it's the classic devil's advocate line where, you know, you you wire the people in one way and make the rules in opposition. And that's just not fair. Hmm. So fuck you, God, with these commandments. Oh, wow. Upcoming in hot violating commandments as he uh, <laughs> his fucking asshole. Yeah, fuck you, be... God. You are not. The, you are not the only God. There are other gods, gods before you. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, who over the ten stories is like the worst person? I think it's got to be Kelly. Winona Ryder. Yeah, and, and, and I acknowledge that there's an entire scene. Uh, that, that, well, there's multiple murderers, mass murderers in this movie, and she's not one of them. So, but um, yeah, it just you know, I, I don't, I don't like her vibe. Uh, I'm moving her down four spots. I'm now four spots closer to her in the ranking of Minnesotans, Jewish Minnesotans. So it goes. All right, it goes Bob Dylan number one. The Coen Brothers, two and three. Thomas Freeman, four. Renona Ryder, five. Me, six. That's the new ranking, all right? Oh, okay. and um, and uh, and the first baseman used to be on the, uh, on the, uh, on the, Ike Davis, the first baseman from the Mets. He's number seven. He's one spot behind me. Fair? Didn't he have 40 home runs once? I don't know if he had 40, but he probably had 30s. Oh, I don't uh, know yeah, he had, he had I thought we we discussed. I discussed it with somebody at some point, either with Jared or maybe he did. Maybe he did. Maybe he did. I was shocked. I would have guessed like his career was like twenty four. I didn't realize he was uh, had. No, he he hit. Um, let's see. Ike Davis, son of Ron Davis. Ron Davis was like the worst closer in Twins history, but he was Jewish. He had one year. He had one year with thirty two. That was by far still more than I thought. Yeah, but that and that was it. Then he and then he had nineteen his rookie year, and then eleven. Like he so. Like Thank you're kind sense. of not wrong. He just had the one, yeah, good year. All right. Um, I would say like the term cameo. The only like real, ca- I mean, there's tons of stars in this movie. Yeah, but I like the I like but no, idea, but no one. No does one any, do themselves. any of them play themselves? Yeah, of course not. But um, John Hamm though is uncredited in his role again because he wasn't even famous then, which is just so funny to me. Yeah, that he's now um, not, I mean, is he arguably the most famous person in this movie? <laughs> Um, interesting. Uh, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is more famous. Yeah, he's in Marvel movies. Um, okay. So Paul Rudd is number one. John Hamm is number two. Mm. Winona Ryder three. I mean, like Jessica Alba at a time was, or Adam Brody at a time was. Yeah. But I think right now it's probably Winona Ryder. Well, no, yeah, and like I'll tell you, like I did not recognize her as Jessica Alba. Like she's just like not no. forefront of my mind anymore. Right, I'm, I'm gonna revise. I'm gonna say that Leah Schreiber's number three. He's a legit like movie star. And then Jason Sudeikis yeah, is probably uh, four. I think Sudeikis is more famous, but I guess I'm also it's like a bubble factor, possibly. Mm, yeah. 
Um, to me, like SNL and Ted Lasso are more famous than anything that Leo Schreiber is in, but I could be off on that. Well, yeah, I don't know. Um, Leo Schreiber is also the narrator for um, um, for Hard Knocks, which uh, I'm like, I thought I was the only person watching, but I found at least two others today, so that's exciting. Yeah, I'm sure but, he's not famous as a result of that. Yes, there's so many, well, <laughs> but he 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 is a narrator for tons of of, of documentaries, especially sports ones. Just because he has like a great voice for that. Um, mm-hmm. among, among the other big names that we didn't even mention that are in this um, is uh, well, Thomas Lennon. I said uh, who, who did I not say? Um, Rashida Jones, who plays a hostess, who says "Hey" when they um, when they zoom in on the word "A." Hey, that's really all she does. She says that one word. Um, who else? Carrie Kenny Silver from from the state. She plays the, the Bernice Jaffe, the mom of the two black sons. Uh, Jenny Groffle, I think I mentioned. So yeah, a lot of random names just popping in, in and out quickly. Obviously, uh, time for us to go to the postman here. Um, I think so. Um, now, will the postman in- will the postman include discussions for next week, or is that a separate segment? Yes, the postman will include discussion. Oh, okay. Uh, right. to, of, so let's of go to other postman things to watch. Also, not necessarily things to not watch, but I, so I think the idea is here: people will send in suggestions and. Of those, we can, you know, we could kind of siphon off several to kind of be in a pool of potential watches over the next couple sure. months. Yep. Um, so we don't have to necessarily pick something for, you know, in order. We just be like, oh, okay, we could file that one away, and then from then we'll make like a list of like five or six, and then we'll pick a few from there. So of the ones I saw people mentioning, I have a couple favorites I think right now. But well, why don't we do right. the postman first, and then we'll do next. Yeah, week so let's next. do it. Yeah, so we have postman, and then we also had some in the WhatsApp group. We'll see if we get to those. Um, but we'll start with the postman and see okay. where we arrive. Postman, postman, come here. Tell the neighborhood. What a shanda, Larry, Larry David. Not only are you a lousy Jew, but you're a lousy human being. He screws the wife of a man in a wheelchair. A shanda. Maybe you should have given me some candy. You're a lousy Jew! Okay, so first off, Jim Crumley says the 10 took a while to get into, but was pretty good. While there was some unevenness in the episodes, the, t- the ties between them were fun. Three out of five. Come with guy is Jeff Rieger. The host keeps things moving. The fucking asshole is the lying rhino, the villain of the best segments. Interesting. Hey, he's not he the villain. The wiener dogs are the villains. <laughs> nope, the rhino, because he keeps swooping yeah. everywhere. Yeah. I also hate that. Yep. Other movies to consider. Feel free to not read all of this nonsense. Of course, we're going to read it. <laughs> We only, this podcast has one rule. If all you nonsense. send something to the postman, we read it on the podcast. Mm. Careful what you wish for. Um, yeah, yeah we, we reserve the right to not read it. Um, he says, first of all, Wet Hot American Summer with Ken Marino and seven other acting connections to Party Down and seven connections to Curb. That is on paper very strong. Yes. Okay, so. And that, that's the one that I was leaning towards. Okay. It's, it, it's, it's literally, that. it's the 10, it's the whole same cast. It's, yeah, it's a funny comedy. There's. Did you watch the show on Netflix? I think I started it and didn't love it. But I do like. I do like the movie, but don't love it the way the people who are like culty about it like love it. Um. Yeah. I mean, I I really like the movie. I don't remember loving the show so much. Although I watched it, of course. Oh wait, it wasn't a show. Yeah. It was a sequel. But it was on Netflix, right? Now I'm all confused. What What did they do? It was just a sequel movie, right? Or was it a show? Shows how well it I was. A, it was a show. It was a show. It was a Netflix okay. show. So how many episodes were there? I think there was two seasons. Oh yeah. So I mean, I, I definitely watch it all, but I obviously don't remember it very well. Yeah. Mm. Okay. 
Okay. What else? Next is on the he list? says. Next he says the disaster artist. Seven connections to Party Down, including Lizzie Kaplan, Adam Scott, and Megan Mullally. Also, eighteen connections to Curb, including Brian Cranston, Seth Rogen, and Bob Odenkirk. Um, what what is? Have you seen the Disaster Artist? Have you seen the Room? What is your what is your experience with these films? I don't love it as much as you love it. I think it was fine, but like, <laughs> well, I I'm, I'm sure. I'm, well, I quote what a lot. You 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 like love the disaster artist and the whole thing, the whole Tommy well, was quote the room. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I'm very into it. Yeah. Um, okay. I don't think fun. we need to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't think this thing's like. I mean, they're. It's not like. I. I don't think any of these people in disaster artist. They're like. They're not main characters. They're just like they yeah, have cameos. I don't, I don't even know all those people were in there. Yeah, they like Lucy Kaplan. I think plays herself. Like. Like they're all like, just like, like playing I Hollywood. Those people were there until he mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun, I think it's a very fun movie. Um, but I don't, we, we, we could table it for now. I think we have other better choices that are more on point. Um, the great Buck Howard. I never heard of this. Four That's party down connections. 2008 comedy drama stars Colin Hanks and John Malkovich. Defying his father and dropping out of law school, aspiring writer Troy Gable looks for a way to gain some meaningful life experience and takes a job with Buck Howard, a vainglorious mentalist who hopes to reinvigorate his fading career by staging a big comeback. Okay. What are the connections? Ah, I'm, I'm already out on it, so... Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. They have a, they have a Gable, not Gabler, Gable. Um, okay, Wanderlust. Oh, I saw that. Wander? Yeah, I never, I never saw that. Yeah, that has Justin Theroux, Paul Rudd, um, Ken Marino. Yeah. Um. Well, I think I think it's a David uh, Malin Ackerman from a. I think isn't it a um? I think it's a David Wayne movie, maybe. Yeah, director, director David Wayne. Oh, it's written by David Wayne and Ken Reno. Oh, so for sure, yeah. Oh. I would say, yeah, I would, I would that and Wet Hot American Summer. I would be into both of those. Okay, so let's do put that on the list. Jordan Peele is in it also. That's nice. Okay, Alan Alda, uh, like, then... oh, Joe LaTulia, Ray Liotta. Oh, the great, the great, the great Catherine Hahn. Great cast. All right. Okay. Then he suggests Veronica Mars, but that's like a whole thing. That's a movie and a show. Yeah, Veronica Mars, I believe, is like two seasons, yeah. and like a movie, then a reboot, then another. It's like it's a it's like well, a listen, whole we're thing. not necessarily gonna we're not necessarily gonna do an episode every single week automatically. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think What American Summer is a good option. Wanderlust is a good option. Um, yeah, that one I hadn't thought of. So good job. Uh, didn't somebody? Did he say role models? Also, somebody said role models. Um, it, it might be in there somewhere. I have a list. Yeah, because role models is another. Um, wait, let me look up David Wayne. Okay, here's the movies that he's written and directed. Six films: Wet Hot American Summer, Role Models, Wanderlust. They came together. Wait, that's not six movies. Oh, he's written. He's written and directed six movies, including. Oh, that's four of them. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would say all of these movies. Oh, Ken Marino also, by the way, is a co-writer of Role Models, along with Paul Rudd and David Wayne. So to me, it's a no-brainer. We should do those three movies. Okay. Went out American Summer, Role Models, and Wanderlust. They they are written by 
and directed by all the same people. Um, and that I would makes even, sense. Yeah. Let me. So let me go to his filmography here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So his first full length movie is What Hot American Summer. Then the Ten. So we're out of order. Sorry. Then Role Models. Then Wanderlust. Then they came together, and then a futile and stupid gesture, which is oh, I saw that one also. That was the um that was the biography of um of Douglas Kenny. It was on Netflix. It was starring um um what's it, Will Forte. Mm-hmm. I like that movie also actually. Um, honestly, I would be up for doing those six movies, but I don't even know if we have six weeks. So, yeah, okay, so maybe maybe we we Sorry, we'll what, see how what, many we get through. Yeah. So, do we have any other um uh, any other anything else in in the uh, postman from uh. Yeah, well, we still we're still with Jim. Jim yeah. He has a couple more. So Veronica Mars, I, you know, we could put Veronica Mars on the list of things to do one day. Maybe I've I have it's it is a show I've been meaning to check out. Um, yeah, so it's a but, maybe. but it's but, not, but like not it's probably not it's between not for, now and, and when. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not for now, if ever. But it's not for now. Um, knocked knocked up, up. Um, because it has Martin Starr and Adam Scott. I don't remember Adam Scott, isn't it? Oh, is he is he the doctor? No. I don't remember Adam Scott in that. Oh, maybe, I mean, that's definitely an option. Yeah, but I mean, that's not really so on point, but okay. Yeah. Um, Connections can Cloverfield. be tenuous. Yeah, Cloverfield. Star Trek First Contact. No, we're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, then Zach Brooks says, what an insane cast. I don't think the, st- I didn't think the stories were all that funny, but the structure was interesting. Especially the way the second half stories were continuations of the first half. His ranking was one seven nine two four five six three eight. Come with is the naked friends. I like that. That's very good. Fucking asshole, the lying rhino for basically doing the plot of kids. Kids. Oh, the movie kids. Yeah. Oh. And he gives it three pretties. His suggestion movie is Three Men and a Baby. Did you see kids? No. Three Men and a Baby. That's Ted yeah. Danson, isn't it? Ted Danson and Steve Gutenberg. Oh, yeah. We talked about it when we did that episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's not a bad idea. Um, and then he also suggests The Night Before. He says one of his favorite Christmas movies, still just past the season. Um, it has Lizzie Kaplan, Jillian Bell from the Bear Midriff, and Nathan Fielder. So it ties it all together. It's a trifecta. Mm. Joseph Gordon Levitt, Seth Rogen. I don't know anything about this movie. Yeah, I've I've heard it exists, but I've never seen it. I would I would. It's a Christmas comedy stoner film. Well, first of all, we're not going to watch a stoner film. We don't support that. <laughs> it's written by uh, oh, it's written by Ari Shafir, the comedian. He's like a formerly right. uh, Orthodox so, guy. I would throw this one in the hopper. Yeah, I'm interested in the night before, and then what's the other one he just three said? Men, three men and a baby. I saw too recently to want to watch again. At this oh, point. really? I was going to say I haven't seen that movie since like 1993. I'm actually interested in seeing that again. Yeah, I watched it like two years ago. Okay, with my so, kids. Like, I don't really feel like I need to watch. So that you're anymore. out. I might be in uh, with in another podcast, but not with you. Okay, so I would say I would right, definitely maybe the get night- the Zach get the movie ladder, do three minute baby. Chester will come on. All right. So the night before, I'm I'm def- I'm definitely interested in the night before. Okay, cool. Um, I do okay. love how it's a Christmas movie, and yet directed by a Jew. Screenplay by four Jews. Story by a Jew. Produced by two Jews plus a guy I don't know. Starring. Jew, Jew the, the, t- the top two names on the credits as actors are Jews. Um, Anthony Mackie, I don't know, he's third, he's probably not Jewish, but he could be. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but listen, we wrote all that, we wrote all the Christmas songs, so why can't we make the Christmas movies? 
That's right. Yeah. Um, okay, there were also some in the WhatsApp group, but why don't we save those for the next episode? I think we have enough to uh, okay move forward to next week with at this point, and well, we could always. Okay. Uh, what about come we back. Any, anyone else? And like, and and uh, no, that's all we got. So well, that's not true. I, the... I forwarded you a postman that I got. Oh, so you still didn't read it to me? You're right. I, I don't know where it is at this point. It's it's very late. So, yeah, somebody emailed <laughs> me. So, um, Donnie Brody, my my oh right right my roommate in law school, who also who also ranked the ten in his best movies of the decade. I told him, I said, I'm uh, I'm doing a podcast tonight about the 10. Do you have any feedback? And this is what he wrote. The CAT scan scene on the 10 was absolutely fucking brilliant. To this day, I, I also still say to this day, let's book this Jew joint. So she he certainly is a Jew joint. And the whoa, 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 who's this Jesus guy joke in the second sketch is a piece of art. Again, that's when Oliver is having sex with Gloria. And she says, oh, Jesus. And he's like, whoa, whoa, who's this Jesus guy? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, if I will make you this oath on, if I'm ever having sex with somebody and they moan Jesus's name, I will interrupt the coitus to uh, say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, who's this Jesus guy?" Very good, but um, uh, probably not likely to happen. I'm not having sex with uh, with people who quote Jesus very often these days, or any days to be honest. <laughs> um, but I look forward to the opportunity to do that because that'd be very funny. Um, yeah, so that that was the uh, that was the postman from Donnie. Thank you, Donnie, for your uh, inaugural postman. And is that it now? Um, we we had some more in the WhatsApp groups, but I said I think let's oh, okay. uh, let's we'll just save pick, it. Let's pick from the five. We have like six already, so let's just pick okay, from there. So for next we always... week, so for and, next and week, feel free to keep it. sending them in. We will we will we will get to the, uh, all, the uh, those ideas plus any additional ones in our, in the next episode. We'll we'll see if we add any into uh, into the circle, to the wheel, whatever bowl, the bowl, the big bowl of cheese, big bowl big block of cheese, what's that? Big block of cheese. Um. But yeah, keep sending them in. Um, so yeah, so now we're down to like six or so, right? Um, yeah, now it's confusing because the night before is also the name of a Beatles song. Oh, but you can watch for free on Amazon Prime. Don't you hate to be continued on TV? I mean, the whole reason you watch a TV show is because it ends. If I wanted a long, boring story with no point to it, I have my life. <laughs> I'm actually, because we're so close to Christmas, it's still the Christmas season. It's January 5th. Uh, Happy New Year, by the way, Av. Can I still say it to you? Happy New Year. You sure can. But can um, I say Merry I had Christmas some... or no? Yeah, why not? Somebody came over to me at work and she's and she said today, she's like, she's like, I know it's January 3rd. It's too late to ask you to tell you Happy New Year. Because of oh Curb? Right? Yeah, because they know oh, I'm the Curb guy. Wonderful. Nice. Yeah. I would say I'll watch the night before next week if you want. Yeah, let's do it. That was my thought as well. Is that we're still close enough to the holiday season that it feels right? Can we go over later? Yeah, and then we'll and then we can pick from that circle and whatever else we had in. Yeah. What's more appropriate for for Christmas than a bunch of Jews talking about a movie made by a bunch of Jews? Yeah, I I like it. I like it. All right, and yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily we're coming back in exactly a week. We'll see. We'll play by ear. Don't expect something every week uh, between now and New Party Down. I would say. Well, you know, we'll aim for something less than that, but not nothing. So we'll give you a few episodes, but we'll see how it goes. And the night before, Um, just to be clear, it's streaming for free on Amazon Prime Video. So you have the movie. The night before, it's called, starring uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie. All right, looking forward. All right, I'm See excited. You also. We're going to celebrate Christmas in January next week or the week after. Sounds great. Uh, All right. By the time we do this, it might be too far away to be wishing each other Merry Christmas or Happy New Year. But we'll, we'll it might that. be. We'll cross that but I'm gonna I'm gonna you know order some Chinese food, dig in, and watch the yeah. night before. It's you not know. the night after, by the way. We've been podcasting for yeah. a long time. Yeah, that went longer than I expected. Nico
corazones en fuego, fuego Hasta mañana huevo, huevo Los quiero, vamos a tu pego, pego Baila con si yo no tengo, tengo Guasa, guasa, calderón No, 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 Vale, reggaeton latino, oh, oh, oh Barrio alpino, oh, oh, oh Cuando, cuando, mira chica Señora azul y perro y gato frío En la cocina mi postre favorito 